Let's get this Potter party started. I'm Ryan, and I'm, I don't know how quite to, to break the news. I know you're all here to hear from Jen and see how she's doing it, but Phil is here! I'm back! Return of the Phil. I'm, I, I, I need to put in a motion to just get me voted to be the honorary international jet setter of Potterfic Weekly, because I can't ever be on this podcast unless I'm in another country from my home country. All right, Phil, I'm currently in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, the last time you heard from me, I was in the Philippines... I'm thinking maybe they'll send me to Antarctica next, and I'll do a, I'll do a little segment from there. All right, Phil. I have but a, it's great to be back. Phil, I'm very glad to have you back. I just have a question for you, my friend. Now, have you been listening to previous episodes of the show while you've been, you know, away from us? Have you been keeping up with, with the podcast? I've been doing my absolute best. The problem was, once you guys started this fic, I didn't want to start listening to the podcast because I had fallen behind on the fic. Uh-huh. Because of because of just everything that was going on, so I haven't listened to the last several or last few episodes. I think I missed like the last special episode and then the last. Episode. Oh, the last special episode you missed. Okay. Yes, I did. I'm All sorry. Right. All right, Phil. I have. Why, were you guys talking about me? Well, no, um, Canada, really. Okay, here's here's. That's the how narcissistic I am. Yeah. Okay, Phil. Here's the problem. Uh, Jen has discovered that Canada may explode at any moment. Oh, Brian. <laughs> So I need you to back away from Yellowstone National Park right now. I can't okay. Okay. I went to Yellowstone. Okay, I went to Yellowstone on vacation, and it's just a ticking time bomb. I'm sure it is. I'm not sure why, but I'm I, sure it is. I love Phil. He's like, I don't give a crap. It's my birthday. <laughs> That's what Ryan's referring to. I came back and I was like, you know, strange is gonna blow up from Yellowstone. Can I tell you the repercussions from that from that one discussion? We've had people on the forum who are like in tears because their family homes are gonna be destroyed. I somehow got into trouble for dissing Mexico. I don't even know how I did that. I, well, we said it would destroy like even to Mexico. Like we were just trying to give him like an, an idea. And like they were like, "Why do you hate the Mexicans?" Apparently, I came off like I didn't care about Mexico. I had to like issue a public statement, you know, saying how much I love Mexico. How do I miss this stuff? Seriously? Yeah, where were I you? I listened to the episode, and I don't have any idea that any of this was going down. Were you in that episode? Me? Yeah. No. Who? Where were you? I where you? was. Um, I don't know. Eli. No, maybe. <laughs> Alright, this is what happens. I give Chi a week off and North America blows up. That's See, that's why you should never give me a week up. Alright, oh, fine. Oh, find uh, the right person. Uh, okay, I, like, this is going to be one of those episodes. Chi, right now, just so everyone knows, is on Vicodin. Is that correct, Chi? And I am not on Vicodin. What that is on? not right. Alright, what are you on? I'm on NyQuil right now. How much NyQuil? The regular dose, you know, you right. take a swallow from the bottle and hope that's sufficient. All right, we're going to let Chi talk first tonight. Uh, oh, okay. All right, now we just need to move to Jen. Jen, 
Hi. You're back. I'm back from the dead. Well, not really. Thank God. I know. I really, I really did almost die. But I'm back, and I'm feeling so much. Y'all are the first people that I really talked to, so I'm sure I sound over like. But I've been in like the hospital for like two weeks, and I hate the hospital. And like, all you see in hospital is those horrible people that call themselves nurses and my family. We'd like to apologize to nurses everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe next week when I'm feeling more forgiving. But, um, <laughs> no, really, they were very nice, but they're nice, like, vampires who kill you quickly. <laughs> I, you know, I don't... So... <laughs> so harsh. <laughs> really, why piss off the Mexicans when you can piss off the healthcare field? What are the vampires? <laughs> the vampires, yeah. Let's you don't want to piss off so, those vampires, I'm telling you. Like a public apology to vampires everywhere. <laughs> but not you know the thing is... <laughs> Y'all noticed that one, did you? Wait, wait. No. <laughs> the, th- the thing that really sucks, I know, Jen, about going to the hospital is you at least think that you're going to get some rest, and then you're no. woken up every hour and a half because you have to get every some sort of medication or they got to check on you. Yeah. Our daughter, um, uh, our daughter that we just adopted actually ended up in the hospital three days after we adopted her. Because she had uh, developed pneumonia. Yeah, I remember. And um, yeah, and and um, that was uh, the, the same kind of a thing where you think, all right, at least she's going to get some rest, and they'd be coming and wake her up. And keep in mind, this was a three-week-old baby, and they'd wake her up to check, you oh. know, this or that, or you know, oh. get her vitals or whatever. And so it was. Uh, I, I feel for you, and I'm just glad that you're back. Well, thank you. I am. I'm. I'm doing so much. I'm getting better every day. Really, yesterday I didn't have the energy to get up and go to the bathroom, and today I went to work. So, what are you? Yeah, about that. (laughs) What? Oh God! I can't believe you went back to work today. Well, it wasn't like I had. I didn't have any shoots today. I just went and kind of sat. But it was the getting up and going part that I had the energy for. Well, the biggest problem we had, Jen, was that when we we obviously in the last episode we made a statement saying that you weren't well and we put it on the forum and everything and the and the problem that we had was we needed to let people know that something happened to Jen but that it was really serious this time <laughs> because like yeah. if you look back at your track record you know it could be very easy to say oh look what Jen did this week so it's- oh that's right that's right it, it really what like really i really almost died last wednesday and I, yeah. Well, I know, but you almost got eaten by a grizzly bear the week before. I mean, we really had to... Well, I know, but we... Yeah. Did y'all see my pictures of my grizzly bear? No. Yeah. No. I put them up. Oh, I have to check those out. It's real, and it's huge. It is yes. huge. It was about 350 pounds. That's what oh, she my... said? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I love you, so much. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. It's my birthday, and I'm drunk. I'm sorry. <laughs> That is our headline. Oh my god, that grizzly bear is huge! <laughs> Are they in the um, pics thread? Is that what? Yeah, it's in my pics. Yeah, I put several um, of my trip. I thought I put the funniest ones at the top, and no one mentioned those, and I thought they were hysterical. Oh, the ones with the people that are, like, dumb and take get out of the car to take pictures yeah. of them. Yeah. I'm like, the thing is, you don't get within 75 feet of those stupid animals. They'll kill you. Well, Jen, you guys are within so two feet. Is, you know, we went to uh, South Dakota on vacation a couple of years ago. And uh, in Custer State Park, they have a herd of wild um, bison. Yeah, they're not buffalo. They're bison. And um, people would get out of their cars and, like, get close to these, like, male bison to take pictures. 
and you don't even get mm-hmm. that close to a male cow if you can help it. So, no, yeah, the bison, like, they, they're scary. they will, they will throw you. Like, yeah, we had an Astro van a couple of years ago. We went and there were buffalo bigger than the Astro van walking beside us. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and there are people hanging out their car. I'm like, you idiots. Like, seriously, I really want to. Well, we go, you know, at twice a year about. And uh, and I really have been getting photographs. I really do want to make a book called Stupid People in Yellowstone. <laughs> I'm I serious. I love the fact that you were two feet away from the bear. <laughs> yeah, but look how good my pictures are. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, oh. it's a beautiful thing called the edit button. Oh, that's right. We were trying you to get from. Yeah. Thank God. A couple episodes. Well, we, yeah, a couple episodes ago we didn't, but we'll use that tonight. Oh go! I remember. I remember right. Phil from the future coming in once in a while. Oh yes. Yeah, we haven't used Phil from the future for a while. You know those 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 quotes. You can use them anytime. I think anytime. I think we should. <laughs> <sighs> you should send me a more generic ones. Like you know, I thought this scene was very stimulating. I'm gonna go reread it. Okay, bye, Phil. <laughs> I was fascinated by the characterizations and the plot and the action. That Don't we need one from Phil that goes like fascinating and we can just put it like anywhere. <laughs> exactly. That's what we got to do. Phil, you'll be in every podcast from now on. <laughs> Phil feels you like he's on like a say, corporate board. Jim, that is brilliant observation. <laughs> or, or, you know, she, I really don't agree with you there. <laughs> Or Ryan, don't be mean to Jen. <laughs> I am never mean to you. <laughs> Did we ever introduce who all is in the podcast? Oh, are they just going to like crap. have <laughs> All right, let's do that now. All right, from last week, the woman who wants to trash my wedding. Kim, you still here? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> from the bottom of a mine shaft, Kim's here. Tina, holder of La Crusade cookware. That's me. <laughs> just skipping right over, Phil. Meg? Hi. <laughs> Meg is on time delay and she's a little drunk right now, but we're really glad no. to have Meg back from last week. Can I just tell you something right. about Meg? Can I just tell you something about Meg? Last night I, I was I was just releasing episode twenty four. Oh gee, just by the way, you're breathing into the thing a little bit. Um, <laughs> stop moving the damn toe. Alright. Last night, you know, I put up on the forum, I'm about to release episode twenty four. I put up, you know, a thing saying I need someone to do the intro to the episode. So Meg says, oh, I'll do it. Then DJ from the forum sends me, he does. He did the whole intro and he put in background music. So I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you know, Meg, I'm sorry, but you know, DJ, <laughs> he put in background music. I have to go with his. She's like, I'm still going to send you mine if that's okay. She sends it to me. She puts her two-year-old in it. Who can resist an intro with a two-year-old in it? <laughs> I got tricks. Clever. <sighs> Yeah, like you're, you're like if this kid's gonna vomit all over the house, he's getting me some points for Gryffindor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I gotta do what I gotta do. Kim just has to leave on an emergency. Is she alright? I don't. I hope so. Okay, because she. We will keep her on. She said, "Jen, I'll be back. Gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go right now." Maybe she has to go to the bathroom. Maybe so. Let's hope. Well, we should judge what kind of the emergency. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awful if we're all like sitting here? I right, once not right. She comes back. I really had to pee. 
Okay, and we're going to jump into tonight's episode. We're covering chapters 23 through 29 of A Year Like None Other by Aspen in the Sunlight. And there was actually a quote I really wanted to jump our discussion off this week. So we're going to let Jen read that. And if Jen cries, everyone owes me $20. Jen? Closing his eyes, Harry tried his best to summon those surges of fury that had plagued his childhood. From memory after memory, once he didn't care if Voldemort saw... He called forth the rage that used to make the glass over Dudley's photos shatter. The anger that had momentarily silenced Aunt Petunia once, that had more than once blown the door of the cupboard clear off its hinges. Dark thoughts, dark memories, the dark core of himself, the one he hid from everyone else, the one that had started creeping forth after he'd seen Cedric die. Harry reached deep down into it, all the way through the fire shielding it, and reached for his power, for the magic he knew was there, the magic that was coming forth in dreams almost every time he slept. All around him, the stone walls rippled ugh, as though they were water disrupted by a falling rock. Eyes closed, Harry didn't see it, but he felt it, that surge of magic flowing from his soul. Reaching even deeper, he tried again, tried for an emotion worse than anger, worse than rage, a longing to kill, to murder, to destroy as he had been destroyed. Day past endless day of never having had a family, never having had a home, nobody to care, nobody to give him the love that any child, even a freak, craved with every fiber of his soul. <laughs> She's crying. 20 bucks. She's crying. 20 bucks. She's Everyone crying. the rest. <laughs> <laughs> That was just so Hey, Brian, do you accept Canadian dollars? <laughs> I know about the conversion rates. Absolutely not. Uh, Absolutely. All right, they're actually... Oh, came back? Yeah, I'm back. I'm sorry. Monopoly money, will that work? Yes, that will. Everything okay? Okay, good. Uh, yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> we're not going to ask her why. We're just going to leave it with the laughter. There we go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. Okay. <laughs> All right, here's why I picked those chapters. Now, this is what I thought a few days ago, and I actually changed my mind because of Jen, not because she's crying, but just because of Jen in general. All right, when I first heard those, I was listening in my car to those chapters, and I actually rewound it and listened to that segment about four times. And originally, I thought, this is so different from any other fic that I've read. Every other fic that you read has Harry find that the power he has, the Voldemort doesn't, is you know, the love of his friends and the fact that Voldemort doesn't love and he loves, he can harness that energy that Voldemort knows something about and use that energy to, you know, strengthen his magic or defeat Voldemort at a critical time. It's all about love. Now, what Jen just read describes, you know, channeling anger, solid anger over everything that's happened to him. And I didn't think that Aspen was going for, you know, like black and white, you know, good, evil, and, and make Harry almost, you know, have to go bad on some level or evil on some level to, you know, to, to do what he has to do. And I didn't think she was moving him, you know, closer to Slytherin towards darker magic. I didn't think that. But I thought that was just, that was so interesting. that It seemed like it was the antithesis of everything else that I have read in fan fiction. Now, when Jen got sick the other night, we all sat down and, and she and I wrote, you know, a statement from Polyfic Weekly and, you know, just like, like a, like a statement in praise of Jen and everything she does for us. And we talked about how it's so unfair that someone like Jen, who, you know, is so strong and, and you know, so optimistic has to keep suffering all of these, you know, issues and ailments that no one should have to face, especially someone, you know, Jen's age. And I thought to myself, okay, look at Harry. Harry, you know, never had anyone to care for him when he was younger, and he had to literally fight for everything he got, and he's had to earn everything he's had. 
Now, like with Jen, you know, everything that you go through, Jen, I think makes you a stronger person. It makes us respect you that much more. For Harry, you know, it's not that he, you know, he has the right to be angry and he has the right to have all of these dark, you know, thoughts, murderous, angry thoughts, but it does make him stronger. Just like everything you go through, it makes you a stronger person the more you have to deal with whether or not that's fair or not. So I, I actually thought that was, I actually had a change of heart on this section. I just thought it was it was really I think what more than anything else pulled me into into this fic was just those few paragraphs. Oh, oh my goodness! You just compared me to <laughs> what? Just five minutes. Okay. <laughs> like you compared me to Harry Potter, and he everyone reads his books. So it's wonderful. <laughs> All right, we probably shouldn't wait five minutes with dead air. We should probably talk about it. Yeah, help? let's, let's uh, continue to move on, and then Jen no. can join us when she's back. <laughs> no, no, thank you, Ryan. Um, no, it's just what I have gone through is not nearly what what hair. And, it, you know, when you say it, it sounds so much bigger than it actually is when you go through things. You know, but that's life. Everybody has their own thing. I mean, that's not true, though, because I don't think it has to be like, and I found this in my own life. You know, there's always someone who's worse off than you. There's always someone who had, you know, something a little bit worse happen to them, but it doesn't make what you personally go through, you know, any less relevant. Yeah. I mean, you've gone, I would completely agree. Yeah. Right. You've, you, you've gone through a lot in your own life and, you know, the character of Harry has gone through a lot in his own life. I mean, you may not be battling dark wizards, but you've had your own, <laughs> you've had your own, you know, demons to address. And it, it, it's something that's made you stronger. So I can see how that can be a source of it. So it, it just really changed, you know, my impression of these chapters, just seeing what, you know, how much strength that could provide that literally, you know, Harry who has no magic trapped in that little cell is able to, you know, ripple the walls and, you know, you know, do what he does in that cell, and he's able to channel, you know, this massive tidal surge of magic. It reminds me of the scene at the end of um, Prisoner of Azkaban, you know, when he, with this Dementor, just the, the, the rush of magic. It's yeah. really interesting to me um, in reading that and, and in thinking about, you know, going through really, really difficult times like that is, and, and maybe you guys can comment to this, because I think everybody in their life has been through some form of very, like, dark chapter, in a manner of speaking. Right, absolutely. And, and, but the interesting thing about it, at least from my experience, is when you go through these dark chapters, when they're actually happening, you don't sit there and say, wow, this is a really dark chapter. Wow, this is yeah. really hard. Right. You just, you just kind of do what you need to do to get through it. And you look back on it year, you know, months, weeks, months, years later, and then you say, wow, that, how did I ever get through that? Exactly. Exactly. And yes. like, yeah. You, yeah, at and, the time and, and, being, you just pull on your big girl pants and you deal with it, you know? Exactly. Your big boy pants is maybe appropriate. <laughs> okay, there's more, there's more girls than boys here, so there's more girl pants. <laughs> save, <laughs> save Phil and I two pairs of the big boy pants. <laughs> How did you know what I was wearing? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. I'm in Canada. I'm in Canada. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. The they're they're really open minded here. It's all right. I love how we have to like overly do it with the Canadians so we don't have a repeat of the Mexican disaster. <laughs> I was just making it clear there. We love the Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> and we wish you the best during the upcoming explosion. 
Oh my god, what was that? Just saying, it's a song that I'm Thank God we're not recording this. All right. <laughs> no, but uh, what what I was saying, and, and then the other interesting. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Phil. I just that, that since Ryan said, "Thank God we're not recording this." My heart about stopped. <laughs> oh no, we're really recording. This is really <laughs> wow, okay. I, I don't. We, we wouldn't want to miss any of this. No, I was just saying that the the other thing about this section that I really like is that uh, I like in reading in any Harry Potter based story, be it uh, canon or a fic, a fanfic, where these those moments where Harry drops the veil of I'm the good honorable, truthful, you know, loving, caring Harry Potter who would never hurt a fly uh, and, and, and allows himself those moments to, to look into the, the parts of himself that are much darker because they're there and everybody knows that they're there, but you don't get to see them very often because of almost the iconic status he's achieved even inside his own stories. So anytime that you see a passage like this where he's really tapping into something at his core that's very, very dark, it's it's very interesting from a character perspective because he it allows you to really see there's there is duality to him there there is it's, it's deeper than even we know in having read what we've read. I think it very much portrays the character of Harry. That Harry, I don't think, is one to to deal with his issues. He's kind of one to put them off or ignore them or choose to look on the brighter side of things and just kind of not think about them. And, and I really, right. And I think in some ways, sometimes you have to do that to get through things. And yeah, like eventually you have to look back and you have to deal with it, but he hasn't had that point yet. Like he has just been all avoidy. And I liked this this particular scene because he was able, he was able to have his moment and pull that up. And it's kind of, to me, it felt just like he was just looking into himself and when you're alone and you're by yourself, what else do you do but look into yourself? And and right. with someone who's been through as many awful things as he has, there's not a lot of good to find in a bad situation. Well, it really redefines the character of Harry and shows us this is going to be a very mature story. And you cannot read these chapters tonight without knowing this is a mature story. I almost drove off a Jersey no. barrier listening to these chapters. But, right, right. you know, think of, and I said this in previous podcasts, when you look at, you know, Joe Rowling's novels, they're written for kids. So you have, you know, Ginny essentially be mind raped for a year and she, you know, absolutely thrilled when it's over and she's skipping down the hallway and you have Harry who's been abused for years and, you know, he's watched everyone, everyone he's cared for, you know, die and he's still, uh, you know, the captain of the sports team. It's so, like he's not in therapy, you know, in a straitjacket. So when you think of Harry... You know, in Joe Rowling's novels, he's someone who is, like Phil said, an iconic character, despite everything he's gone through. And, you know, he, he yeah. hasn't let, you know, the Dursleys and he hasn't let Voldemort, you know, diminish who he naturally is. Whereas in this story, it seems like Harry is, you know, the iconic, you know, strong hero because of what he's gone through. He's found strength from the fact that Voldemort, you know, has been after him and the Dursleys have been after him. It's like a kid, you know, from a poor family who had to get a part-time job to afford his car versus, you know, the rich kid down the street who just got the car handed to him. It means more for the poor kid because he really had to work for it. And it's, I just think it's that, you know, and and I'm not going to let you get away with that. I really think I, I feel you know, the same with you. I mean, like Phil said, you never think, you know, this is a dark chapter of my life, but you've had a terrible week. And your first thing was, I'm so sorry I missed the podcast. I hope to be there next week. You're very optimistic and you're very, you find strength from this stuff. I, I had to laugh. Jen sent me 
um, a, a, a private message a few days ago, which apparently now is no longer private, and said, you know, she, she's, <laughs> you know, you, she's Wes. no problem, but she's on, you know, she has to be on because of, you know, her condition. She has to be on the new diet for a few months. And all I could think of is poor Jen, you know, like I, I wanted to do something. I wanted to go build her a tree house. I wanted to do something for Jen. And her response, the first thing she says was, I am going to be the hottest, skinniest person you've ever met in six months. It's just <laughs> ultimate <laughs> optimism. And it's just, awesome. yeah. It's so it's, true, guys. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I mean, how, who, who does that? Like everyone, oh, like I know Maybe people I who are in terrible moods all day because they didn't get a parking space near the door. Like it's, it, it's just, <laughs> no, really, it, it does mean a lot. So that's, that was my impression of this. My, I really changed my view on this part of the chapter since. Well, Ryan, thank you. That, that was really sweet. No problem. I just wanted the $20. And the story happened me in Hufflepuff. Group. Yeah, exactly. Kim, for those of you who didn't listen to last week's episode, is going to attempt to get me to dive to the ground during my wedding. So she's still working on her. Oh wedding. yes. I'll I, photograph you know it. What? I'll get it. Well. You know what I'm really looking forward to is the so. Potterfic weekly table at the Ryan Danielle wedding. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. You have to be on the invite list, you realize. Why don't we podcast from the wedding? I think it's great. Oh, that would be great. That would be so fantastic. As I'm saying, I'm like, I do. And in the background, you hear, and I'm Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're podcasting during your wedding. I think that you should probably ask Danielle before you start we suggesting should that. we should podcast from your wedding. By the way, no, you should have a Harry Potter themed wedding. We're having a Harry Potter cake. Did I tell you that? Really? 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 Have I told the, like, I know some of you know it, but have I told the engagement story on the podcast? I can't remember. Yes. I have. Yes, yes I, did. So. I did. I know I did. Okay. So. Basic for those of you who didn't hear it, listen to every episode we've ever come up with. But uh, what we're going to do is we're actually going to have our cake is going to be actually the Harry Potter novels. When is your? Oh wedding? my god, that's going to be great! Uh, Two thousand nine. That's so that far away happen. for cake. In January, name the episode. That's what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, you're on the diet. Find a microphone to match your tux. Exactly. Welcome to Barfic Weekly, everyone. I do. <laughs> she tries to kiss me. She tries to kiss me and pokes her eye out on the headset microphone. I think it would be really neat to uh, to start with these chapters, not necessarily go through them at first, but to kind of ask everybody what their general thoughts of the story are um, and how they've changed after reading these, this section of the fic. Yeah, and can we start with Phil? Because Phil wasn't here in earlier episodes, so I'm kind of curious what Phil's thought up to this point. So, yeah, so um, I have been diligently reading as, as much as I can, uh, and, and then I went, uh, Ryan and I uh, exchanged some emails last night, and I did some speed reading for the last few chapters. Um, I actually really enjoyed the story overall. Um, I've, it, it, it sucked me in pretty quickly, which I'm, I'm terrible. I'm, I'm one of those people that I need to get kind of grabbed by, by a story in order to, to want to read more. I'm, I, <laughs> I, I don't give a lot of, uh, stories a chance, I'm sure. But, um, there are a few things about it that obviously you have to drop 
your preconceived notions about a lot of things in order to accept some of the things that are happening. Obviously, the biggest the biggest part of that is uh, the relationship between Snape and Harry, which is sort of the cornerstone of this story. And and I'll be honest and say there are there have been a few areas where I will get to a particular passage and I'll read it and and as touching as it as it is, it is a little difficult for me to suspend my disbelief to to the level that I need to in order to fully accept the story because uh, once again I'm I'm kind of a you know tried and true canon type of guy and um, there there have been a few things that have been said particularly by Snape in the in some of the chapters where I kind of you know it, it kind of pulls me out just a little bit because I say well the the Snape from canon I can't ever see him saying that. And I guess there's a little part of me that always wants to know that when a character says something or does something, that the the counterpart from canon at least had a shot at saying or doing that at some point uh, under some, some circumstance. And there have been a few times when it's been a little difficult for me to kind of really get it, get that deeply into the story where, where I can fully accept that. But beyond that, actually, I like it because um, I like it in a lot of ways for the same reasons I liked After the End so much, and that was because it's it's a character-driven piece, and that's what I really enjoy, are the pieces that really get inside the heads of these characters. And, um, uh, you know, because of that, it's, it's, it's been one that I actually have enjoyed quite a bit. Good. Well, how did you feel about it after you reached the Sam Hain chapters? Or the Sam Hain chapters. Did I say it right? Kim told me last Saul time. Saw Wayne. It's S A W. Saw Wayne. Saul I can Wayne. never remember that. That's actually the correct pronunciation. I can't say it either. At least that's what I've been taught. Saw and Wayne. If the person who taught me was wrong, then I'm teaching all of you wrong. But that's what I was. I'm sure we'll get emails. So let's start with Saw Wayne. Saw we'll Wayne. Saul like Wayne. The W. I know. I was like Sam that's Payne, but I'm sure that's not. That's what I said too. Samane. <laughs> Uh, this is yeah, a, I think it's like that so, old Gaelic or something. I think in every podcast there has to be one word we can't pronounce, so this can be ours. All right. <laughs> it's just like uh, the hours we spent trying to figure out how you say Delia's name. Good lord. Yeah, Zenia. Delia. Zenia, Zenia, yeah, all that stuff. So, so you're asking me, Jen, how I felt about the needles in the eyes? Is that what you're asking? So many, th- you know. Honestly, I will say I've heard so many people's views, and they start the story and they like the story, and they have to get over the Snape adopts Harry. I mean, the Snape likes Harry. I think I just like spoiled the whole story. Okay, and then they come to this instance, and they go, "Oh my God!" And I will say it's one of the most graphically horrible scenes I have ever read, because she's so descriptive and she's so. It's so angsty, and we, it's so hard to read Harry in that position. And yet, at the same time, in, in having read the whole story, it's necessary that this happens for healing to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Um, Sometimes we have to yeah. go through a really dark event in order for the healing to go a direction we didn't think it could. Well, yes. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's kind of, it kind of is in what we were saying earlier that Harry has had a lot of bad things happen to him and he has been able to kind of look the other way a lot of times and not really focus on what he's been through or think about it. And and this is something that happens to him that he absolutely cannot. I mean, this is something that is so bad. 
he's not going to wake up and go, okay, forget it never happened. Yeah, because no, nothing mm-hmm. comes close to that. Now, let, exactly. let me ask you this, though. Are, are you talking about what happened to him or more what he was told by Snape about uh, the Death Eater attack that he was that, that Snape attended? Because to me, it's all, I mean, that almost seems to have haunted his memory even more than the things that happened to him. Because you have to remember, too, that's right, Phil. He did see that. We didn't see it. We heard it. Like, we heard a summary of what happened. Harry saw it and then had this happen to him like a week later. I think it's a combination right. of the two I, things. Yeah, the combination of the two. I think I still see what happened to him as being worse. Oh, it had to have been. Cause it because had, yeah, it's he, horrible. But but I, I do think... and but, but at the same time, I thought what Snape did was very in-Snape character there. Yeah. Like, I thought that was... I'm sorry, mm-hmm. can, can I just ask a question, Phil? Because last week we did, like, a warning. You know, there's going to be a very graphic scene in these chapters. And yeah. for, for me, I actually, like, I got squeamish. It's almost like, you know, the only way I can describe it is if you see someone on TV being strangled and suffocating, you as the viewer kind of grab your neck a little bit. Or, like, right. if, like any guy anywhere uh, yeah. can see this. If you see a guy get kicked in the crotch, every guy in the world, like, you know, grabs his own crotch. Like, it's like, it's that little reflex, like, ooh, like, that. It, it's it's hard to listen to. I was actually driving listening to this, so, like, I couldn't put it down. Like, I actually was, like, holding onto the wheel with both hands. But, you know, it was, oh. it was a very... <laughs> I, just, I go flying onto the northbound side of the you know, 95, but... You, you know, need to stop driving, Ryan. I can't! I'm driving two hours <laughs> this weekend. It happens. But... Every time I talk to you, man. Yeah, but here's my... <laughs> says the guy who's in Vancouver. But here's my question. Did, like, what did you I got to of? Vancouver. I didn't go off any roads. Well, that's, like, <laughs> you're in an airplane. You're in an airplane. But let me ask you this. We like, apologize to all yes, Vancouverans. Go ahead. Yeah, Va- Vancouver. Vancouverans. <laughs> Vancouverans? Vancouverites. <laughs> Vancouvers. All right. What's, what's your question? Sorry, Ryan? Canada. All right. Um, what did you think of like having read that? We're laughing as Harry's getting his eyes poked out. <laughs> Sorry, Harry. <laughs> Harry, I know what you went through is awful, but can you hold on a second? Chen's laughing because she said that funny. <laughs> Have you guys seen that clip of that news reporter talking about like a double homicide and laughing through the whole thing? Have you no. guys seen that? It's like it's like yeah. on YouTube or something. It's this. It's this. Uh, it's one of those you know clips that made its way around the internet. But there's this, uh, uh, you know, a news anchor behind a desk who is talking. I don't remember uh, about exactly what had happened. It was either but like a couple people getting murdered or something. But um, he had a case of the giggles, and he could not get through the story without just cracking oh, up. And it's oh, it's horrible to watch. You've got to pretend, you've got to pretend you're you've got to pretend you're crying at that point, or else you're never. Well, no, I think people handle stress in different ways. Like I know that yeah. when I get nervous or really scared, I get the giggles. It's no terrible. Kidding. It's so terrible. Right. It's an yeah. actual yeah. problem. It's so inappropriate at the time. Well, then, you might want to seek out a different job other than somebody who sits behind a desk and talks to thousands of people. You know, that's all I'm saying. Oh, that's true. That's you could be a, could be a bus driver. Okay, so question. All question, right, I have a question, question for Phil. All right, Phil, how did this scene hit you as a reader not knowing something like this was coming? Because I know for me, I had my expectations like so high for this awfully violent scene that it kind of fit in with what I was expecting. Now you're talking about the, about Harry's torture scene. Yes, the torture scene. Okay, you know it, it. It was it was remarkably descriptive, and you do especially there are certain parts of the human body that when you talk about them, 
and in in terms like that, that it really makes anybody squeamish. And I think the eyes okay. are probably right at the top of that list. Yeah. You know, okay. anybody thinking uh, of you yeah, know something so coming at their eye like that. So it was, um, yeah. I mean, it was it was very graphic. Uh, I will say uh, it did catch me off guard quite a bit. Um, I, uh, you're right. I did. I didn't really know that it was coming. I had kind of inferred that from what I had been reading leading up to that point. But I think not having known that it was coming in the back of my mind, especially because uh, Harry had been having these dreams where he was okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, where he made it through. Um, yeah. I had kind of envisioned you know, Snape or somebody swooping in at the last minute, almost like uh, Dumbledore does at the end of book five, where it's like, here I come to save the day and, well, and everything's fine. And then, and then you get into it and, and you think, oh, oh my gosh, he's not going to save him. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that um, the, the, the one thing, and it was actually a question I wanted to ask all of you was how did you guys feel about the fact that he was plain old human tortured? He was not tortured with magic. He was just plain old human tortured. And Voldemort did give a reason for it, but I still was curious. It, it's, it, I don't know. I just wanted to get your opinions on, on how you felt that fell in, into the story and whether or not you thought it was the plot device. It made it worse. Well, I think it's, I think it was it's the, way worse. Yeah. Absolutely. Because when you imagine the Cruciatus curse, you don't know what that feels like, but you can imagine what needles in your eye will feel like. Right. Magic right. is such an abstract, but mm-hmm. knowing I, what a needle feels like is something we've all been through. I think it's one of the better craft decisions that she makes um, as far as writing goes in that, mm-hmm. um, you know, in in not falling into the trap that so many other people fall into, they put Harry into a situation like this, and then he narrowly escapes, you know. Now we have a situation where Harry is... He's tortured in the muggle way, which is so much more relatable to the audience. Um, you know, I don't know about you all, but I was sitting in my recliner today reading this scene, and tears were coming out of my eyes, and I was kind of in this, like, rack ball, just, like, trying yeah. not to, yeah. like, curling Blinking fiercely. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. trying to make it through it. And, um, you know, if you are going to... That's such a lovely description. Yeah, it's so, the craft in this, in that Saw Wind chapter is amazing. That's some of the best writing in the Harry Potter fandom. I'm just gonna lay my reputation out on the line and that's what I'm just gonna be, make a bold statement about that. But that's some of the best writing in the, in the, in the fandom. There's not much that can make me react like that, but I was definitely a mess. The first time I read it and the second time I read it, the third time I read it, you don't ever assimilate to it. I think what she just said there is the reason that this story I hold in such high regard because because of the way that she writes. I think that it's important for everyone to have an opportunity to read a, a chapter like that and to, do you know what I mean? To really understand yeah. what it's like to get into the characterization of these characters in that sense. And it's horrible. I mean, it's awful. It, it moves you. I don't think anybody can say if moving someone in a good way is better than moving someone in a bad way. If it just per, depends if on what me, you want to do. Right. If an author can move a person to laughter or to tears, then to me, they're worthy of having the attention of being focused on. Yeah. I think so. I think Aspen does a marvelous job of manipulating the reader. You know, when she wants you to feel something, she can get you 
she can get you there. She can get you to an emotional yes. place, and with the without telling, her, without telling you, right, Harry exactly. is sad. Harry right. is upset here. Yeah, I think it's pretty self-explanatory right. from that one that Harry was sad. <laughs> I mean, Shut up! I yeah. think that you know the sovereign chapter makes you, as a reader, makes you deal with some part of yourself that you would not otherwise have to deal with. You know what I'm saying? Like you are Harry in that scene. You know you are being tortured by the Death Eaters, and how would you deal with that? You know, like, it's so so metaphorical for so many other things that could be going on in your life, you know, and I find the more angst that's going on in my life, the harder that scene is to read. You know, if I'm generally pretty happy, I mean, it's still pretty torturous, but if there is, like, a lot going on in my life, like, this week was insanely hard for me, and reading that chapter was almost cathartic. You know, because right. you need that good release of all that energy. This is the only th- the only scene in any fan fiction I've ever read with my eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Exactly. That's amazing. Well, you know, Kim, I know what you mean because before I even started reading this fic, I was talking to Jules, I think, on the forum. I think Ryan might have been on the conversation, too. And so I kind of knew there was a chapter in the 20s that was supposedly really just beyond comprehension. And she warned me about that. And, you know, so when I was reading it and I got to that chapter, I I think knowing it was coming, I kind of closed myself off a little bit. Because the first time I read it, and now it's probably a month or so ago, I remember thinking after I first read it, like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. yeah. And it was, today I reread it during lunch, and I'm like, oh, my God, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> when I read it, it was the I, same for I me, Tina. I had to, I had to like, turn off my phone and walk away from my desk and go take a break and walk around for a little bit. I was a wreck. And yeah. I think the first time I read it, I literally closed myself off to it. Because I knew it was coming. And then when I reread it today, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. It's really, really deep. I don't know how else to say it, but when I was, I just kept skipping parts. And then knowing I couldn't stand to skip it, I would go back and read over them. And then, I don't know. It it was really, really graphic. My thing on it was, like, because I listened to it, I couldn't skip over. It was, like, almost, like, forced (laughs) to me. Almost like Carrie. I can't can't stop it without crashing into the Subaru. I have to, like, Harry, I'm forced to endure this. (laughs) And, like, one thing, just to comment on that question from before, what do I think of, you know, the fact that this is muggle torture and not magical, you know, torture of some kind? You know, think of Harry Potter. Harry Potter, and I've said this before, is a story about people or humans who have human problems. They have problems with their friends, and they have problems, you know, about racism, and they have problems just in their own personal lives that can't be fixed by magic. And they get through this by being loyal and by being courageous and by being faithful. And it's it's the magic is nice window dressing, but the magic isn't the heart of the story. And if you want to impact a reader, you impact a reader by showing them what they understand. Harry is being tortured. Now, if you make Harry, you know, undergo the gobbledygook spell, and he, you know, bounces around in the ground, and he's holding his eye, and all this hurt, like, people don't relate to that. But if you say you're going to poke his eye out with a needle, people get that. I mean, it's sometimes I think magic can be used to soft pedal 
to some yeah. extent. It's like the phasers from Star Trek. Why shoot someone to make them go through surgery if you could just zap them and they'll get up five minutes later, brush off their suit, and go back to work? I mean, it's. I liked how she incorporated magic with the with the needles. Like they made them like where they would be hot, hot. or burning yeah. hot, <laughs> like things yeah, like still that. something we can understand though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. I just. I think the best magic, even in Joe's book, is, is the magic that is relatable to us. Stuff yeah, that, you know, yeah, is not far out of the realm of possibility, you know. Like, oh, it would be nice if I had a spell that would wash my dishes. Especially, <laughs> no, that but, is you know, so true. <laughs> or, you know, it would be nice if I had a spell that could get the book from the other room so I wouldn't have to get off my butt, but stop podcasting so I could go get my book, you know. And, yeah. like, that's the best magic in Joe's stories. I would like to talk about an issue that I know is very uncomfortable. Um, but they have, they have in this chapter, they have, um, Harry, this is, okay, and I, I don't want laughs because this is not one of those ooh moments, but they have Harry be naked. She, she has him be naked. And I think that was so important, but I remember when I first read it, I thought, oh my goodness, this is gonna be, this is gonna turn into one of those rape things. And, um, I was worried about that too. I was so worried because I could not bear that in this kind of story. Um, it would be too disappointing, I think. Well, and it would be too cliche. And I like, I think what she did is so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but I think it's important that we notice this that she had him naked. She had him, they did it for embarrassment. They did it for, you know, all these different reasons. But, in a, in a, it was a way that at this point, when you finished this chapter, you knew that this was not going to be a sexual fic. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes any sense. And I think that's important that although, it, it, you know, we're chapter 23 in and that's really far in, it needed to be established. Well, right? I was that worried about that. Yeah. After so, the Snape, Snape's, um, when he went to that Death Eater meeting, I was thinking, oh, great. Harry's going to, there's going to be something like that going on here, too, with the rape. Yes. But when it wasn't, I was relieved. But it was still worse. <laughs> but I was still right. Well, yeah, it's worse because because Harry was, I mean, especially once he got down to the point where they had torn all his clothes off him. Talk about being completely powerless. I mean, and thoroughly. And that's humiliated. what I think that, yeah, I mean, that was what I think the, the epitome of that, of that chapter really was, was showing Harry as 100% completely powerless. He had no magical power. He had no strength. He had no clothing. He couldn't uh, even close his eyes because they were being held open. And right. th- that's, you know, he was just totally completely powerless. Yeah. I think just he really no exposed in every way. I, I, the author and the beta reader in me is absolutely drooling at the symbolism and the allegory in this chapter. You know, there's a lot she of symbolism, a lot of um, uh, you can tell because there's not very many mistakes. Um, I, I know. I don't mean to interrupt. Mercredi, I think is her name, and she has been with Aspen, I believe, since. Oh God, I could be saying this wrong. Ladies who've been with the story forever since practically day one, if not day one. Uh, yeah, and she even helped co-write a lot of the story. So I, I just want to make mention of her before you go on. Yeah, okay. shout out to her because she did an amazing job because the craft in this story is so good. Um, but the the allegory and the symbolism, there's so much that has to go, there's so much symbolism with being naked. And there's also, I found a lot of allegory in this chapter, like just as 
you know, Christ was stripped naked and forced to endure all these mm-hmm. things before he overcame his final battle, you know, with death. Harry is stripped naked and forced to endure torture, you know, and then he kind of fights his own battle back from this point. You know, it's not purely allegorical, but there's a lot of, you can draw a lot of really strong connections to biblical references, to old myths, to, you know, classic storytelling in this fic. And she does it in a really rich and textured way, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. I didn't even think of that. Wow. That's really deep. <laughs> sure is. Thank God she's here, or else we would, all, like, all the, all the, you know, all the Catholics would have written in, what the hell you missed the Jesus? <laughs> Harry Potter is Jesus Christ, people. <laughs> okay. He would like false gods to all Catholics. And Canadians. Uh, <laughs> we apologize to all Canadian Catholics from Vancouver. <laughs> all right. So funny story. I'm having lunch with my sister. And, and anybody who, who takes NyQuil on a regular basis, we apologize to them. <laughs> we do. She, please speak before you lose consciousness. All right. So I, um, I took my sister out. My sister took me out to lunch after she finished reading Deathly Hollows, And um, she... She was talking to me about all these different elements of the story. And my sister is brilliant. Like, I don't know if you guys know how smart she is, but she's like a, a state of Kansas scholar, a national ACT scholar, a national merit scholar. I mean, the girl is smart. Like, Hold on. I'm from her. New England. Let me explain it. She's wicked smart. Yeah, she's wicked smart. <laughs> people oh, now I can't. Money. Yeah, there you go. People okay, I'm ha- okay I hang on. I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt, but I'm having the weirdest stage ever. I think we have said these exact things in a previous podcast. Really? I'm serious. I'm going to go back and listen because uh, I remember she talking about her sister and I swear to God, I remember Ryan's translating for, for the New England. Wicked. I'm going to have to go back and look that one up. I don't okay, think so. Please. Okay, Phil's drunk. If he caught that, we have a real problem here in the production department. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm drunk on Pepsi. <laughs> anyway. Which, by the way, is in French on my bottle. <laughs> this is the international edition of Perfect Weekly. Cheese speak. <laughs> Okay, point being, I took my sister out to lunch at Deadly Hollows, and she is not a stupid girl. And she's a lot smarter than I am, actually. And we're sitting down at lunch, and she was talking to me about the ending of it. She goes, that was just an amazing ending. I was like, what did you think of the allegory? And she looks at me, and she goes, I can't believe I missed that. Like, it was like a pause. It was like five minutes long. She looks at me, and she's like, she just couldn't believe that I had arrived at the conclusion before she had. <laughs> like, oh, I had gotten something. Cool. Has she read the line? Has she read the line, The Witch in the Wardrobe? Yet? Yeah, I mean, it's blatant. I mean, it is it's stolen right from the Bible, that mm. whole thing. And my sister is, like, even more uber-Catholic than I am. And the fact that she missed it and I caught it, I was smiling for days and days and days. <laughs> yeah, I would have been uber-Catholic. Yeah, uber-Catholic. Uber-Catholic. Like, uber-Catholic. That's a new thing. <laughs> All the Catholics listening now are like, I wish I were uber <laughs> well, I mean, okay, I'll explain myself because, you know, I don't know how many of you know people that are of my religion. I'm sure you all know somebody. I'm Uber Baptist. Um, but um, they That's kind cool. of, a lot of people tend to, like, pick and choose, like, what they, what they'll choose. Like, they'll call themselves Catholic, but they will practice birth control. And they'll, a la carte. You know, do this, this, that. And, yeah, all la carte Catholics. Catholic. And my sister is not. Like, she's very straight down the middle of the line. You know, and so that's what I mean when I say uber Catholic. Oh, she follows the doctrine. 
She follows Stringent a doctor to Catholic. Church. Yeah. So that, and that's kind of a sad reflection that, that somebody described as an uber Catholic is a Catholic. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a real Catholic. Yeah. It's a real it's Catholic. Like that, yeah. Talking about religion, we should move on. Yeah. <laughs> no, first, can we all just say our thoughts on the 2008 presidential election? Then we'll alienate everybody else who's listening. <laughs> And then Which we'll move on with the podcast. Not win. Everybody, everybody, buddy, Ron Paul, raise their hands. No, Wait, we're <laughs> voting already for that. <laughs> we're actually going to be voting before Christmas at this point. New Hampshire calls the voting next month. So Wyoming moved it to January fifth. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I'll really? be voting at Christmas time. I'm sure. They should have you vote in church on Christmas Eve midnight mass, and then just completely blow the country up. <laughs> Oh, it'll be Yellowstone. <laughs> yes, well. New Hampshire blows up, and Jen's like, I told everyone it was going to be the West Coast. Damn it. I'm worried. <laughs> oh, man. Harry okay. Potter, Harry Potter, Harry so Potter. So what did y'all think of the way that he got kidnapped by Sal? Him going and looking for Sal. I was screaming, like, from a Scream movie. Don't go in the basement, Harry. Don't go in the basement. Yeah. I have a bad vibe about this. <laughs> I have no idea. The snake is not working for you. Yeah. Back off. The whole time is bad. Hey, I, have, I actually have a Great question about the snake. This okay, what, what? No, the, the, the only question that I have is, and, and maybe I missed this because I will admit... I, there were a few chapters because I knew I'd be on this podcast tonight. There were a few chapters I kind of, yeah, okay, got it, got it, got it. Um, do we know anything about his owl? Or, I mean, where are we with owls versus snakes? Why, why do we have a snake that's our best friend and an owl that's nowhere to be found? Does that explain yeah. it? Hedwig? Hedwig is at Hogwarts with Ron and Hermione, right? Was that yes. what it is? I believe, was that just... I, yeah. That sounds like a likely explanation. No, that, do, yeah. Do we Hedwig know is at Hogwarts. Hedwig is okay, at Hogwarts. I, I wasn't 100% sure because, uh, I, you know, I was reading through and I remember as soon as he befriended Sal, I thought, huh, I wonder what happened to, to Hedwig. So, Maybe Harry. Okay. I love Harry. No, 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 I have it. Harry was so upset at the world that he ate Hedwig. Oh, no. eat Hedwig now. <sighs> Not good. Tastes like chicken. Owl McNuggets, my friend. That's it tastes like chicken? <laughs> <laughs> I love Kim. She chimes in once every 30 minutes and gives us water. <laughs> we are not talking about Hedwig tasting like chicken. This is in bad taste. Hedwig, Hedwig blew up. <laughs> like Yellowstone. Moment, moment of silence. Moment of silence, Hedwig. Um, that, didn't, that didn't work at all. <laughs> Hedwig flew over Yellowstone. <laughs> <laughs> Someone strapped a bomb to him and sent him out. Oh, oh God. This is the most in poor taste podcast we've ever done. Oh, no, we've been way worse than this. <laughs> Hedwig's a suicide bomber. No. Yellow is a volcano. Okay. Oh, oh, I'm going to say something about virgin owls. <laughs> it's much more tender than they do, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Alright, we, we need to focus. All right, all right. I need to take a pill. Press, <laughs> everyone. Alright, last time we gave Jen an asthma attack, we can't put her into surgery. <laughs> 
right. The thing that I thought was kind of interesting is that when he is taken by the Malfoys, or the Death Eaters, most particularly the Malfoys, they kind of, it's like the whole thing is kind of set up like a like a Stockholm, like where they're they're trying to break him mentally. They're more they're out for more than to destroy him physically. They're out to break him mentally because they put him in a small room like his cupboard and they're making all of these references to his childhood and all this stuff and I just kind of was wondering what you guys think of like the mental portion of how I guess we've already talked about that kind of though. Well no, but I actually have a procedural question for those of you who have read ahead. And as always, I have read up to exactly the end of chapter twenty nine. I haven't gone ahead at all. Now, up to where I'm reading right now, it doesn't it's not immediately clear to me why Voldemort cares. Now, Harry matters to Voldemort in that he's a symbol. He represents something. He represents the ability to defeat him. He's he he Harry himself matters, but you know it may be a case where maybe Voldemort wants to defeat Harry openly, or he wants Harry, like you see at the end of one of the earlier chapters, he wants Harry to cry out. I don't know, but it's not that is so Freudian. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. We're Uh, getting really profound here. Oh god. But like, I guess that's my, I guess that's my question. You know, is this something where it's those of you who have read ahead, don't spoil it. But should I be concerned that re- having read the chapters I've read, I'm not immediately aware of why Voldemort was so interested in breaking Harry, other than just for sport? Well, you have to remember that this is the first part of a trilogy. Okay. And that the final battle has not happened yet. Okay, so Vol- you know what I mean. So Voldemort, so Voldemort know. is like the Cylons. He has a plan. He has a plan, maybe. The Cylons have a plan? The Cylons have a plan. Cylons have a plan. You'll, when you find out what the plan is, it's sex. you won't believe it. Really? It's sex. Did you just say it's sex, Jen? Yes, I did. I have oh. to just tell, I'm going to give you a hint. For those of you who haven't seen the first episode of season three, I will give you a hint, and you'll know it when you see it. The Cylons, you are evil! The no! Cylons' plan involves, and I'm not kidding, the Cylons' plan involves toilet paper. Shut up! On my father's grave, the Cylons plan involves toilet paper. Phil, Phil, oh, are you taking a shot right now? No. Oh, oh, yeah. kill people oh, I've taken like nine people. already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a huge <laughs> Battlestar wait, wait, Galactica I, fan. Are you really? Chi, I forget. Yes. Are we taking shots when he talks about Battlestar Galactica or when he ends words with the letter R? I don't remember. <laughs> Both. Oh, Phil, oh, God. Phil, Phil, you've been gone for a while. I've moved on to Babylon 5, which I'm going to jump in right now, and thank you for reminding me. One thing I just want... Yes. I want... No, you're joking. No, I kid you not. Now, <laughs> last, last week, everyone settle down and, and take your shot glasses. Last week, I made a comment about um, the writing style of Babylon 5, and for those of you who weren't there, you know, I'll say it again because I love talking about it. Uh, real fast, Babylon 5 is a show that in the first episode tells you these two characters are going to die in 20 years. Here's how they're going to die. You know, the space station where the show is based out of is going to be destroyed in 20 years. You know, a, like a single shuttle will escape the wreckage as it bursts into flames. But you don't know why any of that happens. If you want to see why, tune in next week and tune in for the next five years. So one thing I liked about Aspen's writing here is, you know, it, it's so easy to write a story where the audience knows so much more than the characters. And it's almost like a red herring. Like, for example, we, you know, like last week, week before, I guessed that the visions were foreshadowing. And Which I guess. You're so right about. Yeah. Well, dun, dun, dun. And I just have to point I out. No I, I also. 
I insisted that, that Snape was going to kill Vernon. So I'm still has no clue. But the thing is, is that, you know, I saw, you know, Harry blinded. So I'm thinking, okay, needles, eyes, Harry's going to get blinded. Oh. But then you're thinking about it and you're thinking, but he must be okay because he's there later on. And, and you know, he, obviously she's not going to kill him in chapter 25. You know. <laughs> Most other authors would, but there's usually not 70 chapters to follow. But, you know. No, if you killed him, there'd be no more angst. And exactly. She, and, and Jen needs know. her angst. But the point I is, is that, you know... In other stories, it's you would. In other stories, you know you. <laughs> my name is Jen, and I'm an angstaholic. Oh my god! That's the title. Angst is like crack. <laughs> we have so many titles. We all need it. This is part of this episode to name. Are we writing all these down? I hope we are, or else we're just. Can, been... we, can we work crack and uh, um, the tiger thing into one into one like title? I think that this is going to be and like toilet, and toilet paper. This episode deserves plot points. It does. I mean, like, seriously, this is going to be like... Remember the one where I had to say, like, Bernard the goat, you know, has been totally poisoned by dairy products? I'm going to have to combine all of these into one. What the hell was I just saying? Um, okay. So, you know, from any for in, in any other story, you know, I would be sitting here... It's like... The TV show where, you know, the main character gets held hostage, you don't care because you know they're not going to die or else there'd be no show. So there's, like, that level where you don't quite buy into it all the way. Like, think, okay, when you're reading Harry Potter 6 or Harry Potter 5, you didn't think, oh, my God, Hermione just died. Because, you know, she's going to be back in the next book. And, you know, Harry's going to be back in the next book because there would be no I was books. worried. In, like, Lord of the Phoenix? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's actually not even the... Okay, you didn't think Harry was going to die in Order, in Order of the Phoenix. I know, but I love Hermione. But that's the point. But you think you don't think Harry's gonna die? But Deathly Hallows, you're freaked to God that Harry's gonna die because by then oh it's a possibility. God, yes. So yeah. what? Yeah, everyone was gonna die to me. I so, just was. So what Aspen did in this was I wasn't reading. You know, Harry about to be brought out. You know, into the torture scene, thinking, well, you know, Harry's not gonna die because there's obviously you know there's more to the story. Aspen comes right out and through Harry says, "I'm not gonna die." But I'm going to have to face this terrible thing, and that becomes the story. The story is Harry's going to be tortured. Well, the story is um, Snape is going to save him. Snape is not going to let this happen. There, He's not going to have to go through this because Snape is going to be there. No, I like, knew he was going to have to go through it. Really? I See, and yeah. I kept going, okay, any minute now. Any minute. Oh, now. I didn't and, like, think it either because I, I because actually... of those dreams, I thought for sure he's gonna have to go through it, and that made it worse. Knowing, like, well, that's the thing. Now, half. Was, yeah, that was worse. So now you completely buy into it because the author is coming right out and telling you this story isn't about Harry escaping at the last minute. I'm not gonna, you know, at the last minute, you know, raise the needles coming up, gonna have like you know, like the Enterprise beam him away or Dumbledore, you know, apparate in, or you know, I'm not gonna have this Deus maxima. Like he's going through this, and that makes Plus, it more. Plus, warned me. Yeah. Last yeah. week. Just last week, I'm brutal. like, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, this is going to suck. <laughs> yeah, so, so that makes it you know that much harder and that much scarier. But Jen, to answer your question, what I thought was we just had the last episode you know, where we discussed you know, Snape saying, I'm going to tolerate and I'm going to witness these brutal, awful 
events because I have no choice. And you have me standing out there saying, what are you a moron, Harry? Of course he can't stop it. He's one man and he has to protect the order. And he, he of course he can't stop it even though he wants to. So now this even though week, you want him to. Right. So now this week I figured she was going to throw my words back at me and say, okay, now Snape's the one holding Harry down. He could probably apparate them away at any point, but he's not going to do it. And why isn't he going to do it? Because I, as the podcast idiot, just told you last week he can't do it. And it turned out that, you know, he would have taken him away if he could have. But, you know, there was the Technobabble reason with wards. And, you know, they <laughs> the heat. Have, yeah. And that, yeah. And eventually that, that was a relief to me. That was a huge relief to me that it was because of the wards he couldn't take Harry out of there. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we don't want Snape to be the bad guy in this fic. But what if he was? Yeah, though? that makes me be able to read the rest of the fic. But here's the thing: what if he yeah. was? What if he forced Harry to go through that and then got him out of there at the first opportunity he could, protecting his cover? I mean, last week you have all of us. And we wouldn't have a story. Maybe, maybe not. Here's the thing: last week we said if Snape had to participate, Meg, you agree with me, and I think Kim did as well. If Snape had to participate in the attack on the Muggle family. We would have, you know, accepted that. That wouldn't have been a deal breaker for us. We expect, we thought he would have participated and we would have accepted that. Right. I did say that. I did say that. Yeah. And Kim, were you with us on that too? Did you believe the same? I don't recall. I, yeah, for the most part, part of me wants to scream that it's, it's not worth it for even one woman to go through what the women went through and, and hope that he would save them, but knowing the greater good yeah. that he, perpetuates by remaining there and remaining silent. I try to keep that in the back of my mind. So I, I think I even said I expected that, that I expected that Snape was going to do that. It was going to be worse than him keeping his hands clean. Yes. Yeah. So I think I could have accepted, I fully expected in, in these chapters, Snape to have had the ability at any time, but it was his choice not to. And he knew that Harry was strong enough to take it. And he knew that Harry would find it worth. I mean, I thought that was the direction it was going. As it turns out, Snape was a much more sympathetic character than I had expected. But I could have tolerated it the other way. So for me, it wasn't. Well, I uh, go that way, though. Yeah, it wasn't. But I think she had to humanize him a little bit. Like, that is a horrible situation for anyone to experience. Well, no, what if, like, okay, Jen, I, I know you didn't listen to the whole episode last week, but, you know, I, I gave the scenario, did you hear the part, um, I gave the scenario about the general in the war? No, I haven't gotten there yet. All right, you know, you're a general in a war, and you've cracked, okay, say it's World War II, and you've cracked, you know, the Nazis' code, the code they use to deliver messages, and you know they're going to attack a village of 5,000 people next week. And you can lo- you can go and defend, you can be waiting for them and, and defend that town and save the 5,000 people. But if you do that, they're going to know, okay, the Americans cracked the code. We need to switch codes. And then maybe the week after when they attack a city of 5 million people, you don't know it's coming because you gave right. up the code. So, yeah, so do you let them kill the 5,000 people to save 5 million people? Maybe you do, but it's a tough choice, but you have to live with that. So I guess what I'm saying here is this wasn't a case where I knew exactly what was going to happen. It wasn't, you know, a case of I knew that, you know, Harry would live, so I wasn't emotionally invested in the story, or I knew that they, she wouldn't make Snape the evil guy or else there's no story. I didn't know what was going to happen, and I could live with these, either solution. And in fact, I was wrong. I thought that, you know, <laughs> Snape had the ability and made the choice not to use it. Turns out he didn't have the ability, and he actually gave up his cover to oh. use it. 
So mm-hmm. I think it was a much more layered story. I think that, you know, there were multiple possibilities and my expectations, you know, were wrong again. So I think, you know, to read a fan fiction and not find it predictable to me is a, is a really it's a pretty good refreshing. Yeah. It's, it's very refreshing. Refreshing. That's a great word. <laughs> yeah. I, also think I totally that, agree though. I think that, you know, in this as well, you know, it, you know, we talk about some things that we find hard to resolve to canon, but this initial uneasiness about Snape is eerily indicative of what we felt going into Deathly Hallows. I know? absolutely agree with that. Totally. And you know yeah. what? Even this, what Snape did in these chapters, felt like so much like canon Snape. Like, I really believe even canon Snape would have gotten Harry out of that situation if he could have. I, you know, I feel, I feel much more resolved to this thing after Deathly Hallows. I have to say, you know, because my feelings about Snape were so strong following Half-Blood Prince that it was hard to... Strong in the negative? Strong in the negative. I mean, I wasn't one of the people that I always knew he was okay, but I wasn't, I didn't have any sympathy for him because, Mm -hmm. you know... I'm an, I'm, I'm an education major and you just don't talk to kids that way and you don't destroy people's, you know, self-esteem yeah, that way. It's, it's horrible. I mean, he was not a nice man. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I'm saying? And even, yeah, absolutely. Even now, initially, he's not a nice man. So I think that she kind of, you know, she found things about Snape that I was initially wrong about. That it turns out he is capable of feeling human emotion. And, you know, obviously, because in canon, he was in love with Lily. And, you know, he was capable That's what of so made him more. such an amazing character, though. Right. That he could exactly. feel that. That he could feel that. That he wasn't this. That's what makes him interesting in Voldemort, like, blah. Exactly. I'm glad that there is another Voldemort hater out there because I think he's like the worst villain ever. The lamest. <laughs> he's boring, kind he's of. Boring. Honestly, okay, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it's true. I will true. say this: Aspen's Voldemort is brutal, and Kick at least brutal. Well, here's the thing: like, he, and sick. He, yeah, like that's the thing: like he rapes and pillages, and that's, that's like horrible. But you hate, Ugh. but you hate that. But that's and, evil. Yeah, it's evil, and at least evil invokes this, you know, awful, hate, you know, response, anger, anger yeah. in you. Thank you. And you know, in in Deathly Hallows, you have you have one hour. After one hour, <laughs> I will give you another hour. It's like I laughed out loud <laughs> during that part. I was like, "Are you serious, Voldemort? Really?" Voldemort wow. wants okay. to negotiate with him now. Like, <laughs> send us Harry. Send us Harry. I don't want to kill you. And we will I let mean- the people go. <laughs> And when he's Here's like the thing, telling though. Neville, oh yeah, Neville, you'll be great. You're pure blood. We like you. I was like, you're what? kidding me. Really? Seriously? Okay. There, Neville? <laughs> he was kind of, he was kind of laughable in Deathly Hallows. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, you kind of have to, you know, if you're going to take over the world, ha 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 you have to make sure that you have people to rule over. So. <laughs> yeah, but. James, thank everybody. The lamest villain ever. Well, no, know what it was for me, and I have to—I've said this during the Deathly Hallows one. Okay, the scene in the book. Remember, he's running to check on all of his uh, Horcruxes, and, and like every ten minutes, Harry gets like the whole like my scars hurting and Voldemort screaming, "Damn!" Somewhere in the world, another one. <laughs> I love the scene when he's in the boat in the in the cave, 
and you're picturing him like in like I'm trying to think of it. Okay, did you ever see, you remember the desks desks you sat at when you were in kindergarten? Yeah. Did you ever try and sit in those when you're like 13, 14 years old? And like you're <laughs> and you like and get up and the desk goes up with you. Yeah, and like your and your knees are up above your head, and it's like you, like I'm picturing Voldemort in the boat with like his knees up above his head with the with the little paddle, and he's like paddling a little bit on one side and a little bit on the other, trying to get across the water like a moron. <laughs> It was like I like I don't know, but but Aspen really redeems um, Voldemort, you know, in, in terms of being a super evil villain. So yeah, fan fiction Voldemort is always infinitely more interesting than canon Voldemort. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I think well, Joe was making a Voldemort. point with that. Yeah, Joe was making a point. I mean, you he's not evil and be completely boring. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the same thing can be said about you know the point that she was trying to make with Draco being bald. You know, like. <laughs> He's really not attractive, ladies. Oh, He's really that's just not attractive. <laughs> that was such a sore point for me. I was like, great. How am I going to make my topic now? Meg, Meg ships Draco Hermione, everyone. I think we no, need no, to no. I have to clarify on that because I'm a hardcore runner. <laughs> Draco leather's hot. In place is a boy. Leather pleather. No, no, no. No, I'm a hardcore Ron Hermione shipper. Draco Hermione is like a guilty pleasure. That's <laughs> all that is. It's like the bad boy thing, and if you deny it, then you're lying. <laughs> I have to say, though, uh, my guilty pleasure is Snape Hermione, so I'm probably not much better than Oh you. my gosh, that is <laughs> so much worse. Come on now. Phil, how are you? I'm into that. I admit That's it. That's just wrong. No, it is hot. It's <laughs> 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 Snape and leather all the way. Hold on, hold on, Phil. What's okay. your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure is um, <laughs> Indian leather. food. I'm eating a lot of it. That's that's. I was to say, that's mine's, all I got right now. mine's like those eaty ice cream bars made with real fruit. Like it's like I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. You guys need to get a ship. <laughs> <laughs> you have so much lamer than us, Mark. <laughs> I know. You it's not the like twenty. Guilty pleasure. Wow. I gotta read oh. one of those. Oh god, Jen has a few references yeah. for you. See her after the podcast. Okay, just talk. <laughs> All right, but let, yeah. me, let me show you the the smut room. <laughs> can I just tell you? Okay. Can I just? Yeah. I just have to stop everyone. I promise them we'll get back to the story. Jen, when was it? Was it last night you were oh typing to me? God. Jen's reading. She's listening to the podcast, and she's like, "You people make me sound like 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 a like a whore. I don't read that much smut. I really don't read that much." Smut. <laughs> And here I am, like, let me show you the smut section. No, no, we didn't say you are a whore. We just said you really like them. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Jen, you're not alone. <laughs> I'm not slutty, people. I just like to read a lot of it. <laughs> I don't think that makes you a slut. Like, honestly, that makes her a slutty reader. <laughs> honestly, though, you know, my boy lives on the other side of the world, so you've got to take what you can get, you know what I'm saying? All right, we're getting back to the story right now. <laughs> He's not married yet. It's all right. That's wise. <laughs> Hold on. Wait a minute. Kim, you're still here, right? I think so. I have a question. <laughs> They're having the smut talk, and last week I mentioned I slept in a bed with my girlfriend, my fiance, and you, like, stopped the podcast to point out the wedding hasn't happened yet. Well, if that's it, so funny, I want to know what you were doing in that bed. <laughs> with her parents right next to us, I not much. Do. Of course. <laughs> 
That's wow. Boy, this has taken a turn for the worst. Does anyone remember where we are in the story? Yes, we are. I have to say, the podcast always kind of deteriorates. We really should be more That's on topic scary. than this. I've <laughs> never said, I have to tell you this, in 30 episodes, I've never said this, but I'm going to now. Jen, can you please get us back on track? <laughs> I would like oh, wow. the Emmys. No. Um. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Well, okay. Well, we talked about him getting taken, and we talked about Saw win. <laughs> I don't think that's how you're supposed to say it. <laughs> I thought she said Saw Wayne. She just I said it was it Saw, Saw win. Saw win. Dictionary.com says Saw win. Why is there an M and an H? <laughs> I didn't put them there. <laughs> Damn those Celts. <laughs> oh, here, I thought it was African. I'm so confused. I really think we should name the episode Damn Those Celts. <laughs> Isn't it Celtic? Isn't it Celtic? I thought it was Celtic. Should Is it now apologize to the Celtic? Is there anyone we haven't pissed off yet really? in the past two hours? We should just make a list of the countries we haven't insulted yet. Actually, can we just share this with As far as I know, nobody from Luxembourg has gone down yet. The, the Polish Sweden. are still we with us. We haven't Sweden yet. The Polish are still with us. You've even threatened Subarus. Oh my god. I thought that was a car. I have to say, what? <laughs> Brian was about to wreck into a Subaru. It's... It is a car. Cars too. <laughs> you, hold on. you thought Subarus were the name for people from Sweden? <laughs> Wait, Subaru is a people? And down goes Sweden. Okay, we've got them. Really? <laughs> That's what they're called? Just... Jen, I, Jen, I'm going to save you right here. Jen, are you on prescription pain medication? No, no, I honestly admit to Jen, not Jen, that. Jen, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm trying to save you. Are you on prescription pain medication right now that might oh, be impairing you? Yes, I am. 100%. Oh, God. Really? <laughs> that just happened. Oh. That just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, please see me after the podcast. All right. All right. Ooh, detention. All right. All right. So here's the. So just to get back on track. I the 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 big deals that come in the story afterwards is Harry and Dumbledore, Harry and the trio, and the rest of the trio, and Harry and Snape. And one thing I just want to jump into. I'm going to take the last one first. Harry and Snape. Everything that came before. You know, from the from the previous two episodes, everything that we discussed to prepare this for this moment. And I know Jen's going to start bawling any minute now, so I'll just get my stuff out of the way. I guess here's my reaction to that scene. I found everything that Harry said and did absolutely believable. He's a broken character. There's no way any author anywhere could write a scene after the torture scene with Harry not being a broken character. He's crying. He needs somebody. Like, he, he's, he's, he's absolutely broken down. He wants answers. And he needs someone to hold him. Like, the, like no way in hell could Harry not be written the way he was. I think it was, it was beautifully written. Yeah. I, I, think, I think Snape's reaction to it. I think the fact that Snape blamed himself you know, for what happened and blamed him and, and thought that Harry would automatically blame him for what happened. I found absolutely believable. That, you know, rang completely true to me. I guess the 
and, and I don't want to make this seem like I didn't like it because there's so many layers to it that I just found absolutely wonderful. I, I love the fact that he blamed Lupin, not Harry. There's just so many, like, layer upon layer upon layer that I just found very believable. I think the one thing which I found a little hard to swallow, and I just want to hear what you guys think. Snape, in my mind, and I'm going based on the on chapters 1 through 29 and the canon, nothing that comes forward which might explain it. Snape is, is a guy who doesn't let many people in. So he's he's kind of weird around, you know, lovey-dovey emotions. Like like at the like these chapters end with Snape kissing Harry on the forehead. Oh, like it, that, was... it was. I I guess my thing is is that Snape came off very smooth. I thought in these chapters, and Snape, you know, he seems like he would be nervous more, if that makes any sense. And there were many points where he was like he was his hands were shaking when he made the potion. Like there were there were moments when he came across as a nervous guy doesn't know how to respond to this but that said like i just felt like on some levels he seemed very smooth i was curious if i if maybe i was the only one or if, if any of you thought i it. just pictured alan rickman and it was all good yeah from <laughs> sense and sensibility and i was like oh then it was fine i had no problem suspending my disbelief at that point i was like alan rickman alan rickman and i was fine that's kind of me i just that i just loved it i can't get enough of it i really enjoyed it and i've said before I was a big Snape hater, but I really liked it. You know how I thought of it? I thought of it at, from like a parent's point of view. How you would feel if you were in a position where you had to watch something like that happen to your child. And knowing that this is like a Snape adoptary fic or whatever. That's how I put myself. And I think that what he did in that context was not unbelievable by any means at all. And you have to remember, he took care of Harry in his cottage. Yes, I love that. I absolutely love for days. So by then, he had to have felt something for him. Well, yeah. By the end of that time, and everybody wants that, especially someone from Harry's position where he they never had that. People who have had that their whole life would want that in a situation like that. Let me just expand the conversation a little bit because I want to get everyone to weigh in on something a little bit deeper. In the first episode, um, we brought up the scene in Snape's dungeon with uh, Vernon's letter to Harry. And I asked at the time, you know, Snape didn't read the letter out loud. And did he not do that because it was a matter of life and death? And would he not have read Neville's letter out loud or Ron's or Hermione's? Or, or Draco's, was it he didn't read it out loud because it compromised the war effort? Or did he not read it out loud because he felt compassion? Now, jump forward, you know, 20-something chapters later, and you, you have Snape, you know, holding down a student, you know, watching a student be tortured. You know, it, like, something that he's done, you know, he's witnessed many times. He witnessed the, the Muggleborn girls be raped and killed. He, he witnessed other atrocities, and he did nothing. And he did nothing because there's nothing he could do and because, to, not to make Phil get drunk again, but, you know, the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. You know, you, you can't save everybody if you're going to save the people in the war. You can't save the town if you're going to save the city. Okay, now, but with Harry, he didn't do that. With Harry, he saved him. And he gave up his role as a spy to save him. Now, let me bring up what I brought up before. Did he do it? You know, not because, you know, it was a student, not because of human compassion. We know he didn't do it because of human compassion, because he, he, he stood idly by while other people were in the same situation. But mm-hmm. did he do it because Harry was the war effort and he had to save Harry, period? And he would, like, Snape, who hated Harry a year ago, would have, would he have taken Harry out of there? 
or was it the fact that this is Harry, the person he is starting to care for deeply, that he acted? I'm just curious what you guys think about Snape's motivation. I think it's a little of both, actually. I agree. And Dumbledore's yeah. wishes. Well, yeah, I mean, Snape's the purpose it. of being a spy is so that Harry can defeat Voldemort. The greater good is keeping Harry safe. And, and that's first and foremost of, of this whole exactly. thing, I would say. Definitely. So you personal know, feelings don't even need say, to come into it. You can deny them. I think those But I that think they played a part. Very definitely one way or very definitely definitely another way is to undermine the complexity of Snape. Yeah. I'm sure he never he doesn't ever think in simple declarative sentences, I don't think. I'm curious I if guess. if Harry wasn't the chosen one, would he have done it? In the context of this fic. Yeah. Since he hadn't earlier well, with the was, girls, I don't think he would have. I mean, yeah. if you throw the whole chosen thing out the window, then who's the whole Harry Potter storyline? Because then Voldemort would have gone after Harry's parents. And, right, right. You know, Harry would be Neville. <laughs> Neville. Not Neville. Neville? Neville. <laughs> Neville. I would think I love Neville. French. The Night Quill has officially kicked in, my friends. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. he's the French version. <laughs> <laughs> Neville. Sick. <laughs> oh my god. Canadian yeah. French version. Oh god. <laughs> oh my god. Is there a country that has not been pissed off tonight? <laughs> I'm praying to God we have a lot. Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru. <laughs> have we pissed off the Canada? Have we <laughs> Peru? No, have, now we have them. Have we pissed off the <laughs> I have a question. Have have we pissed off the British yet? I know Amy's listening to this cringing right now. It's only a um, British people are dumb. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we kicked your ass at Yorktown. Let me just get it over with. All right. That's um, right. Did we really know? Did we win Yorktown? I'm having a dumb moment. Yeah. That's yes. <laughs> we're not. Victory, we're not right? the United States of England. Yes, we won. We Shut won up. Yorktown. <laughs> No, that was our last victory. Don't bragging about it because it's our last victory. That was our last victory ever in a war, so yeah, we're still very proud yeah. of it. Against them, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the last time we beat the bullies, so they beat us every other time. Yeah. Well, well, I was going to say once. that, you know, a lot that. of the really big famous battles we lost. So, you know wow. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But Harry won this battle. <laughs> yeah, he did. Good job, Jen. <laughs> I'm like, wow, we're in a history lesson now. Without math. I just offended the British by talking about a quintessential British uh, story, and then I think you offended the Americans. I think you had us losing the Battle of Yorktown. Like, oh, I, you know what? If my, if my history teacher, Sister Walt Cochran, is listening to this podcast, <laughs> he would tree me, I think, and probably tar and feather me for not remembering that Yorktown was the final victory in the war. Oh God! Now we're doing. Tar and feathering. Uh. <laughs> well, we have to talk torture in these. I just love her vocabulary. I love that she uses words like manacles rather than handcuffs or. <laughs> Jen's like that word that they mean something similar to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, she kind of writes. She writes like a actual author writes a kind of, you know, just a, you know, that sounds so snobby, but she writes like as if she was going to have this published, not as if, you know, it's, she, yeah, yeah, that's exactly I'm all for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it just sucks I that she didn't come up with the, with the characters. You know, it's a really good story. <laughs> 
I'm glad we're Joe Rolling Ram with it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Joe Good, really thing, took- uh, good oh. Joe. Thanks for inventing them so that we could have stories like this. Exactly. No. All right, but let's. It does feel like a separate story, though, because this is so uncanny. It does feel yeah, like a totally yeah. different. Story. Well, this is like you know we're talking about right now. Fixed to just to uh, discover next. I keep saying that. Fixed to cover after a year like none other. And one of the ones that we're uh, discussing is is um, by an author named Creative Quill, uh, The Power of Truth, which says, what if the Harry Potter universe was real? I mean, there's so many different ways you can take fan fictions and really, you know, advance, you know, the maturity of, of the writing or advance, you know, the direction of the plot. So the, I, Isis is like Harry, I see a year like none other, is Harry Potter for like, you know, very mature grown-ups. It's, 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 yeah. it's much, much darker, and it's it can be equally rewarding. We never could have had that torture scene in anything canon, but based on the fact that we had it, what does that tell us about Harry? And Kim, it's something you said last week. You don't need that scene in the story. You, you could have cut that entire scene. You could have had it started with, you know, Lucius walking with the needle, and you could have had it come back Harry in the hospital way. You didn't need anything in the middle for the story to be effective because you as the reader could guess what just happened here. But she does leave it in. And because she left it in, there's no way you as the audience can forget what happened there. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that based oh, on the fact can. that like, like can... I yeah, like I drove my car to a Jersey barrier. So there's very lasting you know <laughs> consequences of that decision. But Yeah. But it's there. You can't. It's referred back to enough that you'll know what went on, but it's important to help you get from here to there. Yeah. To at least try to read it. This is kind of the beauty of the fandom, though. You can go on a website and you can read the most uh, PG canon esque fic that you want to read, or you can go find a fic that kind of deals darker side of canon that is not explored as often, you know, the lasting consequences of. Tom Riddle possessing Jenny, or, you know, you, you could talk about, you know, what kind of villain Voldemort really was, because you don't really see a lot of Voldemort, that kind of thing. That's the beauty of the fandom, is that anything that you, you can, there's something for everybody, and this this fit kind of appeals to a darker, definitely more adult. Like, I, I wouldn't recommend this even to some of my 16 to 17 year old friends in the fandom. You know, I think that it kind of, you have to be at a certain point in your life before this fit could mean anything to you. It's kind of how I feel about it. Like, you have to have gone through something, you know? Yeah. You have to have had a trial by fire before this fic means anything to you. Yeah, yeah that's sense. fair. My 11-year-old read it and loved it, but then she's had a few trials by fire herself. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying... she skipped over that part, you know, the, the yeah. few chapters we just read. But I love I love the scenes yeah, that we, follow. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get us into that, Jen? Yeah, I do, because... To me, it, it's not just, like, it's hard for me to even say that I focus on that, that scene because I adore the chapters that follow. Absolutely adore. And I love that, I mean, the two characters really come together. And to me, it never felt forced. It just felt like this was definitely the way the story was going at this point, And I had accepted it at this point, And... I was for the long haul at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about the aftermath, and that's one of the things we've learned in this <laughs> podcast. It's all, it's all about what yeah. comes later. That should be our new quote. 
Yeah. It's all about the aftermath. That's Welcome to Potterfic Weekly. It's all about the aftermath. That was a major theme of After the End and the other and the Seventh Word Crux. <laughs> I love it. After the End and that other one we did. No, no, I just, it, le- it left me for a second. Sorry. It's okay. That's she what Melinda that always that says. Yeah. I love the aftermath. Absolutely. <laughs> was that you trying That's to do That's one of the greatest things about fan fiction. That's one of the greatest things about fan fiction. It gets you, it allows you to explore that. I mean, as, as much as I think, uh, there's a lot of controversy over the, uh, end of Deathly Hallows about, you know, was it too cutesy? Was it too, you know, everyone lives happily ever after ish. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons I think we're all reading this stuff is we kind of want to find out, oh, yeah, what if we got a little bit deeper? And what if, what if, you know, what about, the 20 years in between or whatever it was, you know? And so that's what, that's what it's here for. I think. Well, I don't think Jen thought that. I thought Jen was very satisfied with the end of Deathly Hallows. She was a big fan of the <laughs> I am now bite my tongue. I no, I really I am she was now. Say, bite me. <laughs> no, I, I admit I was, it was just my, I, I lashed out because I was dealing with depression. You lashed out at me. Well, you're like a brother, so get used to it. Oh. <laughs> and I'm very nice. <laughs> Getting back to uh, you're like none other, which is most definitely yes. not that Hallows. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about these. Okay, so Snape saves him, and they go to the the cabin, which we've discussed, and then we have Harry wake up, and Drago is there. Yay! And that pissed the freak <laughs> out of me. I was so excited. I love me Draco. Too. I really? Like Draco. I hate that stupid bouncing spirit. I'm so well, I'm with you, Chi. I like first, Draco. First I like Draco later. better. I liked him I like as Draco a fairy. better than Snape. Let me ask you a question. I like him yet. <sighs> I'm in the same boat as Ryan here. I've only read up to the end of this chapter, so I think, Ryan, you probably will agree with me on this one. Where I'm kind of reading this whole part, you know, every time he sort of pops up and going, what's this about? Yeah. You know? Well, and, my question, and yeah. we know we've got that, we've yeah. got that premonition yeah. from the dream about him calling him his brother and uh, punching Ron for saying something against it. And so you're thinking, okay, what's going on? And those of you who've, who've read the rest of the story, I'm sure you know. Well, you can obviously uh, but tell. those yeah. of us who haven't. You're which, snickering. I haven't, and I still like Draco. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's oh, a personal you're from problem, Wisconsin. Really. But she's from Wisconsin. <laughs> she loves everybody. Well, the United States. Snape. <laughs> no. Oh, I love Snape. No this Snape. Okay, well, I do in this fic. I do like Snape in this fic. But let me okay, let me so point, let me ask true. you this: in this in the scene, ha- Draco leaves something for Harry, and Harry throws it, and Draco well, I- Draco makes a comment. And then immediately apologizes right after he makes it. Uh-huh. And I, that seemed weird to me. That seemed like Draco showing <laughs> compassion. I love how he's the one that's pointing out all the foreshadowing. What do y'all think? What do I do? He's deep. No, yeah, that not. is really deep. That's, that's not that's deep. That's not Ryan. That's not deep. <laughs> really? I'm not, I'm oh my god! I have really to read now. I'm no, not, you won't understand it until you read later. I'm not deep though. I really oh just, god, like that god. wasn't that wasn't me deep. I tripped over it. I like how. I like how no, some people you thing. tell them that you're deep, you know, and you'd be like, "Wow, thanks, Ryan's over here." I'm not deep. I'm not I'm deep. deep. I'm, I'm, I'm really superficial. I just didn't think I'd, like, I. 
<laughs> no, really, that I, I, we will come back to that in, in many chapters to come. Let's highlight that one. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to know what I said that was deep. Talk about it. I know that, but but I should know what I. I, But I should know what I said because that because I I can at least do that much. It's at the top. It's at the top of chapter twenty. Just notice that you pointed it out. That's all you need to know. All right, let's find it here. (laughs) Excellent reading, listening skills. I didn't do anything. Hang on. While he's doing that, I would like to bring up the point that I love how Aspen doesn't let Harry be touched. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. such a real human response. And, you know, I, I, I wanted to talk to her a lot about, um, and I haven't ever actually had the, the opportunity to talk to her about how she deals with um, writing the aftermath so so psychologically well and emotionally, yeah. and I and I, it makes me wonder how an author delves into that kind of darkness and understanding, uh, unless they're a psychologist or and they deal with rape victims and similar. right and and I know that I keep bringing up the rape thing, but it's so many ways it's metaphorical to that. Absolutely, yeah. I totally agree went, with that. Yeah. Hi, and, me again. Uh, Hi, me again. Okay, I just want to point this out here. So what I said that was deep oh, God. was oh. when, when Harry threw the vase of flowers, Malfoy says, too bad you missed me, and then says, you know, shit, look, I didn't mean to say that. I came... So, he, in other words, in, from my mind, I should assume he's reacting as though he just basically said to Harry, oh, what, you couldn't see me, and then realized he, he said it to the blind guy and then took it back. So that's what I should be reading into that. Sure. Wink, wink. Do you read okay. into it, but you want to read into it, Ryan? I read a chapter ahead, or like two chapters ahead of this reading. Uh-huh. Does that mean that I have like an idea what you're talking about? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. Never you mind. You won't know until like in the 50s. Oh, for the love of God. All right. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Okay. <laughs> but it's really good. Okay. Oh, you have no idea what's going to happen, but you're going to love it. Really? It's doesn't it's a, it's thirty chapters. Thirty episodes from now, you're gonna love it. Doesn't Chen sound like a used car salesman? Now look, you're gonna give me a blank check. I'm not telling you how much I'm charging you for this car, but you're gonna love this deal when I'm done. Oh, okay, this is important that we're talking about this because this is how Aspen writes, and this is why I said this is gonna be really hard to do because of moments like that that you won't know about for the next thirty to fifty chapters. No, but this is good because it's a good here's the thing if i had read this already i you know we would i would be doing the wink wink nudge nudge thing but i this i'm willing to bet yeah there's, there's people out there like beyond phil and myself who are reading this for the first time with the podcast you know or, or who and may, me too yeah who maybe wink, wink nudge nudge okay <laughs> stop winking so at me boring. God. oh my god i love that monty python guest oh <laughs> sketch <laughs> i'm done i'm sorry i'm trying to stay on topic it's just really hard Drugs okay, but so back bad. to Harry not being able to be touched. <laughs> yeah, yes. back to that. All right, let's go. On because that. that's really good. I mean, that's really important. It's Hermione. I thought it meant he liked Hermione at first. I was like, what? Wait. <laughs> Get your hand off her. She's Draco's. He said he had the jitters. He said he had the jitters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, okay, I really like how Aspen has Hermione say the voice of reason. It's not normal, Harry, that you can't be touched by your best friend. It's not normal. Nothing here 
that's going on is normal and right, and you're behaving. Like, even, I love how, how Ashton is in there. She normal. has Pomfrey. Well, she has Pomfrey say, that is not normal. Yes, it's, it's yes I totally agreed with that. I was like, wait, take a step back now. Because I did not even think of that to begin with. That he could only be touched by Snape. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, hold on a minute now. I was really, that floored me. All right, now, ho- now hold on. Are we talking about he is not capable of being touched by anyone but person. Snape? Or yes. is it that he is most comfortable around Snape and he doesn't want no. anyone else to touch? He, so he, he cannot stand being touched by yeah, anybody. He cannot handle it. And do we- but again, Snape was the only one who held him and put him back together. In the and the whole time the... he held him, he knew no. that Snape was going to save him. He believed that Snape was good, you know, and that helped him get through it. So it's kind of like backward psychology. Okay, here. that's deep. Uh, I'm not Pompey. deep. That's <laughs> Adam Pomfrey is thinking it's like that syndrome, like people who have been kidnapped. Yeah, you know, yeah. and they can't be, and they like grow this like unnatural attachment to their kidnapper. That's what it sounded like right. she was thinking of. Well, it. yeah, when Harry was screaming yeah. Snape, well, Snape, practical. it was like it was like she thought he was screaming, get me the hell away from Snape, when in fact he was screaming, I need Snape, I need Snape, I need Snape. Which I cannot say that use of description for those that end okay, I'm going to okay, I'm going to read. There is what is it? Where does gather, that start? Starts gather gather around everybody. Gather around. <laughs> no, because to me Okay, it is, um, it, it's star, like, this is such a great, to me, this is the best end and beginning of a chapter, two chapters that she has ever written. And I love it because, um, well, it's too long to read, but basically, this is where he's dreaming at the end of chapter 28. And I just love, um, the last two sentences, hands he couldn't stand, hands he couldn't trust. The margin between dreams and real life shattered then, and Harry came awake, but he couldn't stop playing or stop his screams for Snape. And then in chapter 29, it begins with the windows in the hospital wing shattered into millions of tiny shards as the stone walls abruptly buckled, then righted themselves, and still Harry screamed. Like, to me... It was just like, at the, when, I know that I was one of the readers that was reading this as it was being written weekly, and it ended there, and I went, oh my dear God. And then we got the to The rest of the sentence will be just, published in February. I <laughs> know, it felt like that. And then we got this chapter, and I went, oh my dear God, again. Like, it was just fabulous, fabulous writing. <laughs> Well, I guess the th- okay. This is why I'm uh, I'm agreeing with you on that one. When I read this up until like two minutes ago, I read everything as psychological. I didn't get the sense that like you know Hermione like physically couldn't touch Harry or he get zapped. I got the sense that Harry was only comfortable around Snape, and Harry was just so withdrawn into himself from what happened that he doesn't even trust you know on some basic level, not even Hermione anymore because well, Hermione wasn't there. Okay, I think that's a very strong element of it. I think that. But it's I also would, this I would be other willing thing. to bet money that Aspen did a lot of research into victims of abuse and rape. I would yes. be willing oh, to I'm bet. Willing to, I'm willing to bet that as well. But my question is, are we saying there's some magical force at work here as well, that magically Harry cannot be touched by anyone but Snape? No. no. I, don't, I don't think that that's Oh, I thought no, that's what you guys accurate. were saying. I thought you were saying no. that physically no one else could touch no, him. No, no, no. Oh, okay. What's happening it's is he's, he's tapping into his deep, his dark powers because... 
It's kind of like his childish accidental magic is seeping out because he emotionally cannot deal with people touching him. Yes. He is lashing out with magic. And it's not it's not like if you touch me I'm gonna lightning struck you. It's not like that. You know, is this something that's like spoiler just is this something spoilerish for future chapters or is this everything that we should get from this point that we should understand? That's this? what I understood and I've only read this is chapter the story. 30, I think. Okay. The story here has been laid out okay. here. My, do you know what I mean? No, I do. Cause my interpretation, yeah. Okay. Cause my interpretation of it up until that point was that, you know, Harry is using, you know, the, you know, he, he's using, like I talked about earlier, he's using his, you know, mm-hmm. anger and he's using his, you know, his strongest emotion, not love, but just, you know, the, just the, the, what is formed from being a person who's been so badly mistreated over your life, the, you know, the anger and the darkness and the regret and everything he's been using that. And he, he, it's not controllable and it's been leaking out when he gets upset in the hospital, when he shatters all the windows and when he's trapped in the cell, it's desperation right here. It's not, it's not that here he's asleep. Yeah, he, and he Humphrey woke up. And he doesn't him. know. He doesn't know that he's awake at yeah. this point. Well, yeah, Pomfrey had to touch he's him. Asleep. Yeah, Pomfrey. Right. Had- she did, and he hated it every minute of it. Well, he. Right? I, I thought he was having a nightmare, and he was screaming, and everybody was trying to shove him back down. Like there were several people in the room, and he woke up with hands all over him, and he could not. In his dream, it was Death Eaters, and when he woke up, he could not differ- differentiate that. And he just needed the one person he knew who would save him. And in desperation, he's screaming out, Snape, Snape, Snape. And that, that's the only one that can... Well, that's natural, too, because... Oh, how, okay. yeah, yeah, that's how, what's happening. Because how often okay. do you wake up and have no idea what's going on? I mean, that can't be... But that's funny. what's happening. That's why I'm like, I, there, that's what's happening. But Pomfrey did touch him, though. Right? Well, before. Before this happened. No, no, no. Do you remember? Because she would be careful. Like, he even mentions how careful she is to hand him the glass and let him take it. And let him eat his food even though he has it everywhere. But I thought she had put that salve on him. No, like she was not touching him. Yeah, oh, she wow, didn't that's... touch him until he had the nightmare. Oh, all right, let, okay, okay, but that just, makes way more sense. All right, now. but just for because uh, I think I, I just want to make sure there's no confusion. So we're saying that the reason that no one can touch Harry but Snape is on virtually all levels psychological within Harry. He will not tolerate anyone else absolutely. touching him, like a trauma yes, victim. Absolutely. Good. Okay, like I like that. I was concerned for a minute there that it was. It's not know, sci-fi. It's oh, very good, real, good. but it is mental. Good, good. Okay, I was afraid it was like, you know, Star Trek Technobabble. I was afraid. No. Okay. No. Okay, no, no, no. I'm happy with that then. Okay. That's not what we're dealing with here. No, because <laughs> I was reading through them like, I completely missed the part where Harry no, can't be touched. If you reread these two chapters, you're going to go, oh. Okay, so okay. I, I well, want to. I'm going to. Okay, I want to jump back in on something that I think it was Tina, someone said earlier, and it was like non of comments. You know, when when Hermione, okay, Hermione, I love Hermione so far as written by Aspen, and I, I would agree with Melinda, and I would agree with others who say that, you know, the Hermione from Deathly Hallows is annoying as hell, and, you know, so forth. But, okay, you know, let's not get into it. I'm sorry, I have a Hermione fangirl in the front row, I do apologize. <laughs> Santa sorry, Claus, but I will defend her to the death. Santa Claus is real, though, everybody. Okay. Wait, we're talking bad about Hermione? No, no. We're talking good about Hermione. Handle it. But here's the okay, thing. Good. Okay, you have Hermione who, you know, okay, look at okay, look at Harry's life years, you know, birth through eleven, okay? 
now mm-hmm. look at the end of year 11, the end of year 12, the end of year 13, the end of year 14, the end of year 15, and look what happened to him a week and a half ago. And now he's laying in bed, and you're Hermione, who hasn't seen him you know, much this term. You put your hand on him, and he can't tolerate being touched, and you say to him, that's not normal. What about this kid is normal? Well, she's... Well, I don't think she meant it as you're not normal, as in you're not acting, that, that it's not normal to not she be allowed. She is concerned. But she doesn't know what's happened. She doesn't. Yeah. And Ron doesn't know what happened. They know He's that something about bad it. She knows something happened. Well, yeah, they have, have an idea of what happened. This is her, all this is is her acknowledging that something terrible has happened. And that this her saying okay. that's not normal is her understanding Okay, so you Something read it. She's concerned about him. Okay, so there's two different ways we can read this. The ways we can read this is either Harry's laying in the bed, he's punctured all over, he can't see, he's been gone all term, and he has, you know, an evil wizard after him. And she touches his arm, he swipes away or whatever, and she says, Harry, you know, it's not normal. You should be able, I should be able, to, as your best friend, to be able to touch you. What's happening, you, you know, like what's happened to you has affected that. She's not saying, Harry, let me touch you. That's that's weird. You should let me touch she's, you. Okay. She's probably trying to make him not internalize it well, again. She like, this says, is not normal. You need to cope with this and deal with this. Well, th- yeah, yeah, that's exactly. I think it's all concern. It's nothing. And she says it's not nothing if you can't stand a simple touch. This is really serious. And that's when he gets defensive and says, you do not know what I went through. And I don't care what you heard eavesdropping, but you don't know what it was like. And you don't know what I was suffered and how right. I'm feeling now. And you don't know what I think about Snape, which is important that he says that because Snape walks into the room. Harry over here is Dumbledore and Snape talking and, and Snape is saying, you know, that insolent brat, I'm not going to make his potions, let him suffer. He's talking about Lupin the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> right, but yeah. he didn't say that brat. He was, he said the was fool, the, I think. The fool, the, was it the fool? Yeah. The house. I don't even think he said boy. He didn't say boy. No. He didn't say boy. He said, he said the fool just or that something fool. like that. Yeah, that fool. But I did compl- an irresponsible fool or something like that. Right, and I did completely buy into it because you expect Snape to automatically blame Harry for everything that's happened. So, so did I, and I was like, Snape. He always has. Gosh, jeez, now I don't like him again. That's yeah. how I felt. <laughs> I know. Well, I was like, oh my <laughs> god. Yeah, it was so harsh. Yeah, but, well, that's the thing, too. It puts things in perspective. It's like you have a fight with your mother and you're not talking, but she gets into a car accident. You kind of forget the fight about, you know, who's picking up the dry cleaning. It's, well, it's, and I thought it was the right? saddest thing when Harry turns to cry and can't for the, you know, he oh, actually feels the welling up and he has no tear ducts. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't want to rub his eyes because he's afraid it'll hurt more. You know, I know. It's just terrible. You know, you know, the kid cannot have a worse day when Voldemort cuts out his tear ducts. Oh, <laughs> it was Lucius. I was talking. Well, yeah, I know, but upon his. Uh... Yeah, Lucius. Lucius is the bad guy, dude. Lucius. No kidding. Kill him off. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love the way Lupus was written too. How and because here's the thing: you you picture Lucius and he he captures Harry in the basement of Grimmauld Place or right next door, and he like pushes him up against his you know robe so he can't breathe. He completely dominates over Harry, and then at the at the at the scene of of the ceremony, he's crawling on his knees and Voldemort's petting him like a dog. Yeah. Oh, Ryan, I had written down the same thing. Yeah. He's petting him like a dog. Go me. Yeah, it's it's just the it's it's the complete 
Northeast. We stick together. It's it's the whole you know, it just I, I just thought that was such a great contract. Apologize to the northeast of America. <laughs> We've pissed you off now <laughs> too. <laughs> Sorry. What did we do now? We got it right. And I don't mean to bring this one up, but we did kick your butts during the Civil War. Just saying. Oh, screw you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm there with you. Oh, thank God I'm in California. Well, not really. No, you're in Canada. We weren't even invented yet. (laughs) That's true. Well, no, we were were around. We supported you guys. Yay. So, uh, one thing thing I didn't want to let... What's that? I didn't want to let slip by um, in regards to the whole thing with uh, with Harry and not being able to be touched and wanting Snape. I think one of the most important things here and one of the most powerful things that happens in these couple of chapters is that you realize as you're reading it that it's not rational, that none of it is rational. And I think that may have been, in a subtle way, Aspen's attempt at, at letting the reader know okay, this doesn't necessarily make sense in the world that you're used to. I, I, I don't know a better way to put I it agree. into words than that, but I agree. It's, it's just, it's very, his, his, his need for Severus doesn't even make sense to him. You know I mean? It really doesn't. Yes. I mean, when you read through, when you read through these chapters, he doesn't sit there and say, boy, I really, really like Snape now. Boy, I really wish he was here with me. He doesn't He's say like those things. It's dad. more of a need. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't come to a conscious decision of, hey, we're friends now. Hey, I would like him to be my new dad. It's right. this no, right. it's undefinable, not, irrational. Yeah, it's that undefinable, irrational. I totally irrational agree need. with yeah, that. Yeah, we don't have the missing moment where Ron comes to the infirmary with, like, you know, like the like the, like the exploding cards to play a game with Harry, and Harry's up playing PlayStation with Snape in the corner. Like, it's not one of those. Right. Right. And talking, right. And but talking. It, all, it all plays in with uh, Hermione not being able to, or anybody uh, not being able to touch him, and and him exploding at people when they say things about about Snape. He, it doesn't even make sense to him. It's just yeah. irrational behavior that's based off of the fact that uh, uh, of what he's been through, and 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 the, the only person he's been through it with is Snape. And so I think I that's a really important thing that, yeah. is is that, that needs to be pointed out. I think I totally agree with that. Point there, Phil, too. It's because Snape is the only one who really knows what he went through. I mean, Dumbledore can hear about it secondhand, and he can tell people. And Ron and Hermione just drop so they know something really bad happened. But Snape was the only one who was there and actually participated in it, so he knows right down to the nitty gritty what happened to Harry, and he's the only one who will ever know that. Well, it's interesting, too, because I've said this in previous podcasts, the one downside to fan fiction is that you get to read Ron being an ass over and over and over again. It's like he never learned the lesson he learned at the end of the last story. Oh, and Yeah, and I mean, that's the annoying part. And think of all of us who have come to this. I know Meg has. I know I have. Um, you know, I know Tina has. You, you start this story because Jen told you it's really good. And no, really, I mean, you're not going to sit down and say, honestly, honestly, honestly. Yeah. Like, you know, I need a good, you know, Harry adopt is adopted by Snape fic. Like no one thinks that without, you know, getting it recommended to them. Like I said, I never would read this fic on my own. Right. Jen Jen is, Jen is the advertising, you know, guru of of Aspen incorporated, but (laughs) 
but but you get into it and you begin to even though you know like I I I felt on some level that Snape is a little too smooth here. You know, I had uh, some quips in earlier installments. I overwhelmingly can buy into it because it started us from canon and moved us to this new place. Now, because look at- Harry needed him so much at this point. Right. He needed somebody. Yes, it didn't matter so at this believable. point. Well, it doesn't matter who it is at this point. And that's what Aspen really, I think that's how we can accept that it's Snape. Because at this point, Harry's been through so much. We don't give a crap who it is that Harry wants or needs for comfort. If it's Snape, so be it. He deserves it. He needs somebody. Yeah, somebody. Right, and, but here's the thing. It is Snape, and you have Ron, whose reaction to is Snape, Ron will not accept it, which is funny because no. how many readers are there that would not accept it because it's Snape? So it's interesting. That's why I love Ron. Yeah, and I don't think, well, okay, that's fine. But, you know, it's 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 not like she did this on purpose, but Ron is the perfect you know, representation. Every day. Of, she's like, she's relatable. She he is relatable that way. Absolutely. And Hermione is the compromiser. When Harry says, I need you to tell Snape I'm sorry, Ron's head literally blows up off his body. Steam comes out the ears. Hermione tries to understand it. Then in the end, she says, of course, Harry, I'll tell Snape for you. And you know Ron wouldn't do it because Ron doesn't want to Well, and that's part of the difference between a girl and a boy, too. Right. I think, yeah. in some ways. Ron's a very But from an author's writer. standpoint, Hermione being like the compromiser saying, yeah, I'll tell Snape that. Like, for me, I was like, okay, yeah, if Hermione's going to compromise on this, I will too. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> She's a peacemaker too. Well, that's She's what's so important that they're there and that they're in yeah. character. Like, I'm so glad she's freaking- kept them in. Well, she's tweaking with some of the characters, but the, but the others. If she if she said Ron and Hermione just went up to Snape and went, "Dad," you know, we would go whatever. But because they're having issues with it, it's okay for us to question it now. It's okay to let it happen because somebody else notices that this isn't right. Something <laughs> is not correct. Well, here. Hermione was defending Snape even at the end of Half Blood Prince. I mean, that's well, not Hermione realistic defend- in any way. Yeah, and she did again in Deathly. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh God, that was the seventh Horcrux. Never mind. Don't <laughs> <laughs> confuse the two. No, no matter how similar they may be, we've never done that. No. Oh God, that was the seventh Horcrux. That was a good. I should go reread that. Oh, never mind. Okay, moving on. Moving on. But yeah, I mean that that I thought was interesting that Ron represented the reader, and that made it much more believable for me. And. You know, Aspen um, commented on this at the end of the last episode, and I'm sure we're going to get more on that coming up. Ron and Hermione are not acting the way I feared that they would. Ron and Hermione are not acting like the, you know... Like disappearing act. Yeah, Harry is talking to Snape and gives him a hug, and Ron and Hermione are grossed out and never come back. Like, that did not happen. It wasn't... You know, there's si- huge yeah. relief. Yeah, I mean, so and they're and they're acting relatively like themselves. Ron is pissing me off, and Hermione is compromising. So that to me is good. That Ron should be pissing me off. So that that does that does feel right. <laughs> Poor Ron. Oh, <laughs> Poor Ron. Whatever. Ron can make. I it. love Ron. I have to defend him as much as Hermione. He is a little Weasley piece of crap. No, Jill. I like him too. <laughs> That is so hard. So you're yell like that. I will <laughs> never forgive him for leaving them there. In oh my gosh, Hallows. you're just like Richard. Never. Then. never. He says the same thing. We would never be friends. 
back. I would never back. forgive him. He is human. If you can like Snape, you have to it like Ron. was a tantrum. He's a teenager. Yes, thank you. Exactly. In a life or death situation, you don't get to have a moment. Guys, break. (laughs) I am all for Hermione in this issue. Like, Ron can just go back to the burrow. Yeah, but she ended up marrying him, so. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know what's with that. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. She's a smart girl. She must have something. (laughs) No, I I do like that they got married. I do. But I am still really hacked off. No kidding. I think it's that you okay. need some time and some distance. <laughs> I think someone has some betrayal issues. I have such I'm, I have such loyalties to Ron. I can't say a bad thing against him. I think he has the same Jim, you used to love Ron. Yeah. If I was in that situation, oh, I can't say I would act differently. And after the end, do you think you want to leave your husband for Ron? Yeah, because he was loyal and no, Ron, not this wussy <laughs> and like runaway, not friend. He wants to act. He is the realest of the trio. He made a bad choice in I can't. He's not even talking about Deathly Hollows. Give us five minutes and we'll be talking about Eastern Europe. (laughs) Clarification. (laughs) I love Ron. I love Ron. I I will say I like who Ron becomes. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought Jim was to be like I love Ron's hair. He does have pretty hair. All right. He does have pretty hair. My daughter thinks so, too. What what does everyone think of the fact that we go directly from the ceremony to the hospital wing and we don't see Snape caring for Harry at the cottage? You have to do it that way, though. Yeah, we absolutely do. Because it's Harry's point of view and Harry was unconscious. Well, he was, like, waking up bits and pieces here and there. I mean, I just thought, like, it was almost so striking to me. I almost thought I had, like, forgot a chapter. Like, it just seemed like... It's important for later chapters. Yes. I was going to say something. Again, foreshadowing. It also helps to formulate the... We were talking a few minutes ago about how Harry doesn't exactly understand why he needs Snape the way that he does. Well, this that kind of helps explain it. I mean, there are these bit bits and pieces of either these completely unconscious or these half-unconscious moments where he's being cared for, and he, he, without even realizing it, subconsciously connects with whoever this is and connects on a very animalistic level. I mean, the smell of Snake, yeah, if you well. recall, that comes up in one of the chapters. It's, it's how he smells uh, and how his correct, touch yeah. feels. And, and, it's, and it's a very, um, it's a very like, a uh, like I said, Don't yeah, they exactly. They recognize your being, I guess is a way to put it, from your smell and how you, you're, I mean, people say that if you're nervous, your baby will be nervous or, you know, that kind of. Oh, yeah. That's well, not true. Know, is that not true? I don't know. Sorry. That's not true. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> I'm just saying from experience. Well, I mean, it was a good profound metaphor. <laughs> just like I felt it profound. <laughs> Well, no, but no, your, your point is really well taken, Jen. You only ever have that connection with like two or three people in your life, right? Like you have s- some level in your mind, you know what your mom smells like. You might know who, what your dad smells like, you know, you, like you'll walk in somewhere and you'll go, oh my God, this smells like my mom, you know? And then I think that you also associate scent with people that you, you know, are close with emotionally, like, you know, a boyfriend or a husband or, you know, I'm sure that if I go down the line and I ask Jen, you know, what does James smell like? Or I ask Meg, you know, like you can kind of have in your mind, you have some frame of reference. And as human beings, we kind of 
when we really have a firm, deep subconscious connection with somebody, we have that level of recognition with them. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it goes even and it's comforting. Further. And well, it's I comforting. Mean, yeah. When you're at home, you know the smell of home. But yes. Carrie yeah. doesn't have a home. Oh my right. gosh, that is so sad. I never thought of that. <laughs> you never realized Harry didn't have a home? <laughs> no, that he doesn't have like a place that smells like home. That is such a huge yeah, deal. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you never realized Harry had a home. I'm like... <laughs> well, Hogwarts. I'm sure he has that Hogwarts. feeling. Doesn't like, Harry have a happy home in all the books? I never picked up on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that was almost snarky. That was perfect. Gee, um, see if your sister picked I'm wait, up. I'm waiting for the chapter to come in up that's Harry, Harry buys a condo. You know, like chapter four. Oh. And it just smells like plaster. <laughs> there we go. But no, oh I didn't. Goodness. No, we can't wreck this scene. The scene is beautiful. And but yeah. he first no, smells in his recovery stuff, and he like this pukes almost. This is the problem with Perfect Weekly covering a beautiful scene. We apologize in advance. <laughs> We always crap it up. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> I piss off the country thing. in the process. <laughs> or the European I Union. I love it. I All love right. it. So Go to hell, Chad. <laughs> this is what brings us to them talking. And we get yes. to hear for the first time, I was spilling it, you idiot child. <laughs> <laughs> But it is so affectionate. I know. I just love it. But think of that line, though. I was now think of what the first half of the line means. I was spilling it. It means he was so you know. Think of Snape. Okay, forget Harry for a minute because Harry's the. I just said puberty. Okay, forget Harry for a minute. You know, <laughs> for, forget the fact. Well, you know, thank God it finally happened. Exactly. You know, it, it, it. You know, it makes you know sleeping in the bed with Danielle that much easier. But you know, like okay. <laughs> Harry hit Harry said now we can't go on. I was like, oh my god. Oh. Edit, edit. Uh, why you hi? What's sad is I always listen to the rough edits of the episode like in the car with Danielle on the way back, so this is when she smacks oh, me no. and I go off inside the bridge. She's gonna lean over and pat and say, I'm glad you went through puberty. <laughs> She's gonna help. But you guys aren't even married. <laughs> Phil wasn't oh, here in the last episode. All right. But what the hell was I even saying? Okay. Think of, think, think Talking of, about him spilling yes, it. Yes. Think of <laughs> I'm being helpful. Don't. Don't. I'm not don't. Focus. Focus. I'm focus. Fo- I'm, fo- I'm focus. I'm focus. I'm focus. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm laughing. <laughs> this is like when Jen said, I am not the butt of the jokes after the bathroom. All right. <laughs> All right, all right, focus, focus, focus. Wait, right. just stop. Hold on. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Right. Okay. I just start snorting in a second. Hold on. All right. All right. You can do. And can you? All right. Okay. Now, picture Snape. Picture Snape had to go. Th- <laughs> we can't talk about torture if you're laughing. <laughs> all right. I'm glad Kim is the calm one here. All right. I'm done. I'm wondering why you're telling them the picture picture Snape after saying spill it. All right. All right. (laughs) 
No, seriously. God. Snape is making, okay. you know, the, the potions for Harry. Now, picture what Snape's, Snape's been through here. Snape has to spy, you know, for Voldemort. For Dumbledore, for Voldemort. He has to do, he, he's in the middle of everything. And he has to watch innocent muggles be tortured. He can't stop them. He has to watch children be tortured. He can't stop them. He has to hold Harry down, who he's become emotionally connected to, and let him be absolutely tortured in the, in the worst way possible. And he can't do anything about it. He, he has no ability to get him out of there. Now, I could imagine the torture Snape would have gone through if he had to let it happen and could have saved Harry. Now, maybe you could argue he could have, you know, thrown Harry behind his back and fought them off until the wards went down, even though that wouldn't have happened. But, you know, Snape essentially was powerless here. And how that must have felt, you know, every time he does this, you know, it's piled on and piled on and piled on, you know, the fact that he can't stop the bad guys. And the fact that, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's shaking his hands trying to make the potion, to me at least, it conjured the image of someone, Snape, this is something that's caused Snape to lose his composure. That's the first, yeah, he's guilt-ridden. That's the first half of the sentence. So you have this beautiful moment where Snape, you know, breaks down, you know, as much as he ever has. And the way it's written is, my hands were shaking, you idiot child. Like, he, like, almost holds it together, then he calls him the idiot child five minutes later. I thought it was sweet. I th- But for Snape, it is sweet. I just think it's it's hilarious that for Snape, that's the best you're going to get. Idiot child to that Harry was, is, like, that, that cute little saying. Oh, that's perfectly in character with him, there. Oh, it is. I just think it's hilarious. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying for Snape, I think it's great that, you know, that idiot child is the cute little name he has for Harry. That's know. why I liked it. Well, yeah, once again, we, we I think Aspen, when she was writing it, uh, knew that if she just made him have him say, I love you, you charming, wonderful boy, that it, everybody like, would just jump up. Yeah, like Giggly Bear or Shmoozy yeah, Poo. On the surface, exactly. it sounds like, like an insult, but as you come to read it, you realize it's actually an endearment. You know what I often think when I read the story, and I know this is nothing connected to the plot, and this is, you know, very superfluous, but I, you have bring to... Bring up Babylon 5. I'm not bringing up Babylon 5, although if you watch it, I'll stop. <laughs> bring it up, we love it. I can't think of a Babylon 5 reference if I do a lot. No. But seriously, think of, picture if you're like a DSS worker, and it's your job to, to check in on children if there's, you know, reports of abuse. And, you know, the father refers to, you know, the the child who's just, you know, been beat up at school or whatever is, you idiot child. And the little boy looks at the DSS worker and says, that's what he calls me because he loves me. I mean, this is dysfunctional. <laughs> like, think about what Harry goes through in this fic. It's like... You guys need to go to a workshop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, a few chapters ago, Snape forces Harry to watch, you know, like a violent, you know, murder and rape. And afterwards, we're like, wow, Snape really respects Harry as an equal. <laughs> Like, we're messed yeah. up. Like, this is not normal. <laughs> no, we're not. It's, it, right. You have to go from A to B. No, I understand that. But just think, like, if we weren't so deeply invested into where these characters have come from in the progression, just think if this was Joe on the street and we were seeing, you know, like, this happen. Like, th- we would think yeah, there's We'd something... be, like, reporting them, yeah. Yeah, this is... Th- yeah. social services. Yeah, there's yeah. something not right with this. Like, seriously, like, picture... It's like... The only way I can describe it is like if like a father rents like an NC seventeen movie and makes a six year old watch it with him. Saying, oh my this is, god! But that's like what that's like the thing. I'm t- like this, this is like this. This is like a terrible like on some level. This is like awful what Snape is doing. But on the oh, other hand, you're like crossing well, the line. Well, and yeah. yet, and yet, Snape is letting Harry get what Harry needs from him. Yeah. 
And that is so like yeah. that is giving on Snape's end. No, like, but seriously, but I guess biggest what, thing. Yeah, and I just want to underscore this again. I'm not criticizing. I'm not complaining. I I, I think I I agree with everything you're saying. I'm just saying, look at the perspective here. Snape in this chapter, you could argue from one perspective, Snape holds Harry down while he's tortured. And two chapters before, he forces Harry to watch a violent murder. And yet, we all agree that Snape is a loving, you know, figure in Harry's life. At the same time, this could also be portrayed as Snape is punishing himself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's kind of an important issue to bring up. Oh, it is. I just want I just want to point out just the perspective. Look how many layers there are to this story. A lot. It's like an onion. <laughs> There's another name for the Shrek. We're gonna have twelve <laughs> titles for this episode. That totally wasn't original. Sorry. You know what? It's Shrek. You know what I'm thinking, Jenya? How you said you wanted to do bullet points for for the release of this episode? I think I'm gonna do episode 25 of Polyphic Weekly has been released on behalf of all of us. We apologize. Happy listening, and that's all I'm gonna put. No, I really do want you to give this to me before you do, and and I will make bullets. All right. I think we should restart the bullet process. All right, we will. I like Don't y'all agree? Didn't y'all enjoy the bullets? Yeah. I love yeah. yeah. <laughs> Feels like I haven't listened since the bullets went away. That's not true. He's only not listened to the <laughs> last two or three. Just, just, just the last couple. Yeah. You know, and 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 uh, following up on on that that comment that Snape makes, it even says if you if you keep reading in that paragraph, it says it came to Harry then that strange as it might seem, when Snape had said that phrase, he meant it affectionately. It was sad, in a way, as though Snape hadn't ever had anyone he could care about and didn't really know how it was supposed to work. And so, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's the old Snape fighting the new Snape. And that right there, I really, I really think that sentence, that one sentence, I was spilling it, you idiot child, is, you're, you're exactly right, Ryan, it's, it's half loving, affectionate, caring Snape, and half old Snape kind of protecting his image because he's always been the gruff, mean, cruel, uncaring, cold, uh, uh, you know, a professor. And so that that one sentence right there, I think, almost bridges that gap right. and says, "Okay, we're we're this we're transitioning now, right here." You know, even so, though, even though I I have to give Aspen kudos in that she never makes Snape this sweet, lovable. I mean, he oh no, Snape's oh no, that would be that would be silly. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Well, no, let me. It would be it would be very it would be silly for him to to suddenly turn a corner. But what I mean is, is that he is opening himself up in the only way he can muster to Herod. I mean, he's never yeah. cared Bye. in this in this universe. He's never really cared about anybody that we know of. We know he respects Dumbledore, um, but he's never really cared about anybody. And so this is, you know, it could be as far as Harry knows, this could be his first foray, Snape's that is, into actually caring about another living being. And he's going he's, he's gonna to approach it the only way he can. And that's what Harry's, it looked like uh, from that paragraph, that's what Harry was going to agree to allow him to do. He's going to allow him to call him an idiot, allow him to chastise him, allow him to come down on him sometimes, because... It's it's a new it's new to him and he needs to work it out for for himself. Nobody can force him into it. Going back to what Ryan had said before about um, the layers in this story, I mean, if you we couldn't have picked a better fic to do 
four and uh, three and four hour episodes on because there's just so much you can talk about. You know, if you want to break it down, we can we can talk about it on a psychological level, which we've explored. We can talk about it on a literary level, which we've kind of explored a little bit. We can get into the different conflicts. Um, Snape versus himself, and then even further into that, delving into, you know, like the Ericksonian philosophy of, you know, developmental crises and how which character is, you know, in different developmental stages and and all of this, you know, there's so much, these chapters, there's so much that you can sink your teeth into. Like, Jen and I kind of had a discussion last night for probably about... 15 or 20 minutes just about the beginning of the uh, the Sawin chapter, you know, and just barely hit on everything that we wanted to say, you know, and then, you know, the recovery chapters, there's so much to talk about. I could sit down and talk with you guys for hours and hours and hours just about the psychology of Snape in these chapters and just about the psychology of Harry in these chapters. And every time I go back and I reread, there's more to discover. There's different subtleties that I missed the first time I read it or the second time I read it or the third time that I read it, you know, and that has something to say about the quality and the mastery that Asman has reached as far as just telling a decent story. Yeah, you know I know that I know that I've brought up the issue before about how I compare the characterization to this story to after the end. And I think it's similar in that it's complex. Nothing about it is simple. Let it happen. Like I I did have this conversation with her before and when she 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 told me when I started reading this fic the one thing that I wanted was to let the story play out, to let it happen and not feel forced and not feel Rushed. I'm like I'm telling you how things are going, and I and I think the difference between this kind of fake and a fake like after the end is after the end it was all about what wasn't said. Do you know what I mean? With this yeah. fake after the end, she, she lets us know every little detail about what's going on that we figure it out, and yet it's still profound. Mm-hmm. Different writing styles, different ways of telling the same level of story. Yeah, I let me would, let me even give yeah, a really yeah, huge huge contrast. Compare the compare the torture scene to uh, the scene at the end of after the end where the only word is light. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's like right. one word says it all, you know, very you know, heavy description says it all and and they're each equally powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I just want to bring I love it when Jen she's like mhm get off the stage. Right no, now. I'm just I'm just Relishing, just let me relish. <laughs> relish, no. Let me just let me let me ask you guys this because one thing I said earlier was I felt like at some points here Snape seemed uh, too smooth, and I actually have a question. And I want to bring back something Kim said from a, from a previous episode. Uh, at the end of the chapter, you know, okay, so we have Snape. You know, you know his name for Harry is you idiot boy. You would expect Snape to be this very crotchety kind of you know argumentative. You know his crotchety. Uh, well, not crotchety. I'm I'm saying this very poorly. You would expect In leather. Yeah, you would expect Snape to be this very you know like emotionally uncertain. Not he, he's not you know give Uncle Seb a hug. He's kind of like patting the kid on the. That would be frightening. Yeah, he he reminds <laughs> me almost if like he were to approach. Jen and Jen were to be crying, he would walk over, you know, like very, like reaching his hand out, like he's about to, you know, like touch like a burning stove, like uncertainly like like, patting me awkwardly, and pats you awkwardly in the head, like yeah. that's my picture snaping. And like, 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 no, it is like a teenage boy 
Like Ron. Converting a little girl at the for the first time. Yeah. That's what I would expect. But instead <laughs> in this chapter, he kisses Harry on the forehead. And my question for that is, I think he would Did never... he kiss him? On the, on, yeah. On, yeah, at the end. He kisses him on the forehead. Aww. Now, I wouldn't expect that, you know... The only reason I can rationalize that is Harry's asleep. If Harry were awake, he never would have done. Probably would have scared the crap out of Harry. But he, I don't think he ever would have done it. And Kim, you said something in the previous episode that Snape's classroom personality and his true, the true Snape, are very different. And separate. that was yeah, and that is separate. And that was one of the things that gives new readers and even you know repeat readers some problems sometimes. Whereas was that like a part of what you were talking about? The fact that he's you idiot child one moment and then he's kissing him on the forehead the next. Is that one of the, yeah, that's a good example. It's he's very reserved, very emotionally contained when he's in his public persona in private. He's, he's far more relaxed. Can I, can I just say that this is also an important, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I didn't mean to, um, that Snape in this okay. story is a pure blood. Yeah. We did not. We didn't know at this point okay. that Snape was a half blood, and I think that's an important issue to bring up with Snape's behavior when we when we start thinking about it. So, okay, just so y'all know. Well, now I'm trying to think of how that's relevant. <laughs> uh, well, he's sophisticated, and there's a ways of hand like cultured. I will say that she came up with a lot of uh, she comes up with a lot of pure blood. Yeah, culture. Um, of and and just kind of think 1800s, and and you'll get kind of an, a better idea of how they are. Does that sound about right? I mean, in the way that you talk to people, the way that you do things. So, I, I think in the pureblood families, the real pureblood, it was a lot. It was a lot like children were seen but not heard. That real mentality, and Snape growing up as that, you know, you don't come off very handsy. Maybe I'm not making any sense at all. No, I think you are. A, yeah. No. Well, it's, it's 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 well, no, it is. It's like you look into the background of Snape, and I think it's very easy to say that all of his problems are caused from his abusive childhood, and you don't really think, you know, maybe it's. Well, no, it better explains his awkwardness too. I think. Yeah. But I think that's the perfect description. I picture Snape is like you just said, the crying girl, and he kind of like pats her on the head from four feet away, and has his arm outstretched the whole way, so he doesn't have to get too close. Because he might get yeah. the these. That's that's what the did, Snape. What did y'all think about her? 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 Uh, descriptions of potions and how their freshness helped with their potency because i thought it was really interesting an interesting <laughs> take on potions I'm, I'm what, just... they don't keep well that the, the fresher they are the more potent they are and that to help oh. him further they need to all be fresh so that's what snape has been doing working oh, like think, crazy well i think it's a realistic spin on it i mean i think in most effects you'd see potions being potions and you know you you make them one day and they're good for like ever. I I, I think it's kind of realistic. Well, that's kind it. of the take that a lot of fics do take on it, though. Well, it depends how... I think one of the hallmarks of a great fic is its complexity. I mean, look at After the End. The Wolvesbane potion was, in that fic, you know, this incredibly awful, you know, potion to make that, you know, only the, the best of the best can do, whereas in other fics, you know, Harry's like, oh, I got half an hour, you want me to make some? Like, yeah. I, you know, in this one, you know, like you said earlier, Kim, you know, the potions have names and they have ingredients and they're hard to make and the, and the ingredients smell bad. And there's, there's, there's a process to it. You know, being a potions master isn't something that you just do. Whereas, you know, All the detail. yeah. Whereas in another fic, you know, every, like anyone can make the same potions and it's a relative, it's like, you know, peel back, you know, plastic to uncover potatoes and cook on medium high for two minutes. It's, <laughs> it, 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 it depends how you want to look at it. I, 
I thought that was, you know, just a great another layer. Mm-hmm. That's and true. Love- Canon too. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, I was thinking about that though, and if you recall, with the Felix Felicis, that potion kept forever. I mean, he he basically held on to that for was it weeks if not months in that so yeah, as far as yeah. the freshness thing is concerned i guess it just varies from potion to potion maybe harry has one of those little fridges like but a we didn't room. know about that potion yet he has a dorm room fridge for potions yeah harry has a little fridge he puts the feel like well they have that status <laughs> spell they have that status spell That's but we didn't know about that spell i don't think at, at, at this point probably no yeah. i don't think so when no. this the what the, s- the state is that what it was called the status potion? Yeah, that's what it was called. Is this in a year like none other, or is this in... No, no this was in canon. Oh, really? What? I think, it was books, I think it was book six. Yeah, like they talk about it in regards to food or something. Well, we don't have Hermione's um, handbag either yet, so there's a lot of... I think Molly Hold did. on. Molly I'll does it or it something. You'll look at somebody. <laughs> wait, wait, like it's no, still it something? So that it doesn't no. go bad? No, Yeah. It's like yeah. the refrigerator okay. spell. It's like a refrigerator spell. I swear I'm not making this up. <laughs> I believe you. I just want to see. Okay. I believe you. I'm just double checking well, everything. I like you said. in this thing how it kind of seems to me that Pomfrey's a nurse, but evidently a potions master is like higher than a doctor. In a way. Well, it's like maybe assistant a doctor like is a the way I say it. Well, yeah. yeah, the way you want to think of it is Pomfrey's, you know, the, is the triage, do- she's the doctor in the emergency room, and Snape is the pharmaceutical company. Who makes <laughs> them too, yeah. Who <laughs> makes them, and they're too expensive, so no one can buy them. Yeah, that's okay. true. And you know what? You better have good insurance. Like, we- I wonder, as a potions master, if he had to go through healer school... One would wonder oh, what you have to do to attain that master. master. Yeah, potions master. That can't be too easy. Well, I mean, well, no, right? Everybody would have a Jedi master. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're would, born one with. Would, one would assume that you have to go on to a higher level of education in order to be able to teach, or at least have vast practical experience. Yeah, like, he's the only one that master potions. Like, everybody else is just a teacher. Well, if you think of the characters and, and the, I mean, okay, the, the wise and gamut, Dumbledore is the chief mugwump, is that correct? So he's, think of, like, the similarities between their world and our world. Dumbledore is the headmaster of the only school, and he's also, like, the chief justice of the, of the court. And he, like, think of all the other jobs he has. You know, the, you know, the, the spy for Voldemort is also everybody's, you know, potions teacher. And he also does, you know, the other, it's like everyone has like 14 jobs in this world. So, you know, the potions master. It's also the Greeks to get. Yeah. The po- I do have the British work ethic. And you're picturing, you know, if, 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 you know, Hogwarts wasn't a boarding school, Snape would be outside with like the, you know, the orange vest on directing the traffic at the end of the school day because, you know, the, everyone has 17 jobs. I don't know. Well, the one question I have is, do you think they import their potions from Canada to save money? <laughs> They're, they're all watered down up here. No, Mexico. <laughs> they mix them with antifreeze, and then that's how they make the. Okay, okay. We apologize to the Canadians again. Wow. Oh, how many people can we piss off in this podcast? Oh, we got we got a lot It'll of. It'll be the only left. podcast oh, banned in fourteen just countries. Going on and on. When yeah. we get pulled from iTunes this week, everyone's gonna be like. <laughs> Yeah, care. we already got taken off the PG-13 list, so oh, now I don't know. We Didn't we? It wasn't iTunes. It was uh, Amy linked us to... Because we um, had 
R-rated content or whatever, it's not like, family friendly. It's like the Chamber of Secrets dot org or so, so there was some website yeah. that Amy linked us to and they pulled it. Wait, wait, wait. What was that spell Jen was talking about? The status <laughs> term. I just oh got Google to come. Up. Let me. See, I'll see if I can. I swear. I don't. What's it called? In Half-Blood Prince. I thought it was. I could be totally wrong. Like I thought it was the status spell. Status. Okay, I can't find it on the lexicon. So. Well, if it's not on the lexicon, it doesn't exist. I'm just kidding. I think Wasn't we all know that. Status potion. Look on Wikipedia. A potion. It's a potion. Is it a potion? Okay, hold on now. I thought it was a in a further spell. chapter. There's a potion. Okay. Okay. I'm looking on it. Keep wow. talking. I'll come back to my results later. It's a potion that you drop things into to keep them in status. Status. Can't they just use cold water? I mean, honestly. That would not make this difficult, people. I think they're just being show-offs by this point. I mean, like, come on. Dry ice. Dry ice will work just fine. Okay, let me see. Status potion. Phil, did you ever ever see... um, what was it called? Um, the Great Outdoors with John Candy and Dan Aykroyd. Oh, yeah. Remember the scene at the end where Dan Aykroyd has this $400 lighter that won't light and John Candy lights a match? He's like, eh, 95 cents. <laughs> it's a similar. <laughs> save, save some money. I actually wanted to uh, chime in with one thing here, uh, just real fast. Uh, let me just pull it up right here. Um, Adri Betty 394 whose screen name from our forum I just completely butchered, uh, wrote in to us uh, this week wanting to bring attention to the scenes between uh, Harry and Draco, specifically the moment where Harry gets jealous that Snape calls Draco Draco and not Malfoy. Almost like the you know the first name thing was something you know only Harry <laughs> got to got to you know have. Like I also thought that was interesting. It it, it showed that on some you know, unconscious level, or maybe you could even argue a conscious level, you know, Harry really cherishes what he's developing with Snape, even after everything that's happened. I was just curious what you guys thought of that. Um, no, I, I agree. Status. <laughs> you keep looking. No, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's once again, it's not necessarily rational. It's, it's just something where he notices it and it kind of bothers him a little bit because you're right. He kind of feels like, well, that's, that's kind of, I mean, cause here's the thing. It wasn't until, I don't remember exactly which chapter, pretty deep in to the, to the story that uh, Snape started even calling him Harry. So you figure he's been through five and a half years, basically, or not quite, but more than five years of being called Potter or Mr. Potter. And all of a sudden he's being opened up uh, to, and he's, he's Harry. And yeah, because if, if you go back uh, in the story as well, um, you can see that uh, Draco is also not referred to as Draco by Snape. So, yeah, I could see him him being not necessarily fully rationally jealous of that a little bit because it's a uh, it's his special special thing with Snape. And yeah. once again, he he doesn't even realize it on a conscious level. Really, I think he I think he just kind of it just kind of bugs him. He doesn't quite know why, but it just kind of bugs him. Yeah, he's not there yet where he knows why it bugs him, but it does. Well, I think we as the readers know why it bugs him. Like it or not, Harry's developing. A bond with Snape and Draco Malfoy doesn't get to be part of it. And it's not, it, it, like we said in the first episode, Harry seems younger in this fic. And Phil was saying, you know, way earlier before we started recording tonight, you know, Phil has a new adoptive daughter. And the first thing he worried about was would his youngest daughter, who's used to being the baby in the family, react, you know, poorly towards the new baby? Because, you know, I'm not the baby anymore. Harry had this special kind of thing with Snape and now. 
you know, is it something which Snape is Snape, you know, having a Zen moment, opening it up with everybody, or is it just something special, you know, with me? I thought that was just in one sentence. I thought that really opened a lot of doorways right there. Yeah, that, that's actually a good point because uh, it, it's you know, is is I wonder if Harry is wondering is okay, is he just calling everybody by their first name now? Because the mm-hmm. other thing he does do, and and we haven't talked about it, is is he has started referring to Dumbledore as Albus, you know. And granted, that's that would be that would seem to be more natural. But I don't recall. I mean, help me out here. I don't recall in any of the uh, books leading up to this him referring to Dumbledore as Albus. I think he, I think he refers to him as the he, the headmaster. The headmaster, exactly. McGonagall or, does. McGonagall will call him. We'll call Dumbledore Albus, but sure, because, sure. Because obviously they're having an affair. But you know, obviously, same, but, yeah. obviously, yes, of course. <laughs> no, they are sleeping together, sir. Why not? It doesn't matter that uh, J.K. Rowling laughed about that in an interview, but who was sleeping together? McGonagall and Dumbledore were having an affair. Oh, that's true, though. That is true, yeah. (laughs) I always hoped for that. Melinda did make me scream, you know, at at a campground somewhere with that one, so. Totally chipped Dumbledore McGonagall. Can I just tell you? I, I just have I just have to do a shout out to the to the Perfect Weekly Forum members. I made a joke five podcasts ago or something like that about Dobby and the giant squid. No, I'm sorry. No, it, it was Dobby and and the Whomping Willow. We now have fan fiction, you know, about Dobby and the. So I just yes, to shall receive. Yes. Oh I made a joke about like Snape and the heir of Gryffindor and Ignotus Percival's third cousin twice removed that was my ship (laughs) (laughs) that was your actual ship you just mentioned it to see if someone would write it i just mentioned it and somebody was like we should write fan fiction about that i was like okay (laughs) go for it (laughs) that's what i always say when people ask me questions about the podcast do you ever write that no Go ahead. We don't have time. Have fun. You ever listen to early episodes with Jen's like, okay. let's have a writing campaign and everyone can write in their fa- and we'll judge the co- We're never going to do oh, that. Oh, no. We don't have, we don't have We just don't have time. I don't think people realize how much time Ryan puts into the show. Oh, my God. Last yeah, night, someone was like, can you put the next episode up? I'm like, I'm not done editing yet. Give me half an hour. Well, okay. <laughs> to finish this off. And this, I yes. swear to God, is going to be the shortest podcast ever. Or maybe it's just because we actually started on time. It's going to be the but, longest podcast ever, but continue. <laughs> Three okay. hours and nine minutes. Well, wow. Well, anyway, I think it's very important to bring up that Snape's last request as he drugs Harry is that <laughs> he wants Harry to speak with Draco. It yes. is important. Dum, 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 plotline. Question mark. I just have to say that I kind of had a flashback to when I was on um, Mikey Dunn. Yeah. Because my father was very much looking forward to messing with me. And he came home early because he's kind of a sadistic person. He's funny, but he's kind of sadistic. And he came home early and was trying to get me to do all sorts of weird things and and say certain things just so that he would go away and let me sleep. And I'm pretty sure there's some videotape footage of me on pain medication that is not very nice. Have you listened to the podcast you were in? Oh, my God. Uh, no, apparently last week I was counting on my finger while on morphine. And I was counting one, two, three. And evidently I put my first finger and my second finger up and noticed that my hand looked like the head of a bunny rabbit. <laughs> and was like... Bouncing like, oh my god, there's a rabbit on my hand, and like, oh, Jim, we should have podcasted. 
I know, I know. <laughs> but anyway, back on the, I'm gonna try and get us back on track again on the on Snape's. Hey, I try. Back on Snape's request to Harry, that reminded me kind of like um, the plot device when you know Draco sneaks up behind the corner of the dungeon and you realize that he's seen the Dursley's address on the envelope. It's like dum dum dum. This plot device will be revisited at a later date. It, it, so it was one of those banging over the head. To be continued. Yes, to be continued. But I just well, love. I love the way Jen says that too. It's like just after we had the DSS conversation. Harry, I'm going to drug you now, but before I do that, I have a special. Well, I mean, yeah, he's doing that right there. I just think it's so interesting to reread this again, knowing you know I'm reading Summer now, and it's so interesting to look back and, and see where this where they all started. So. I'm enjoying it. And I'm, I'm sitting here saying, where the hell are they going? So this is interesting. <laughs> I know. Notice I didn't give any information away. Well, nudge, maybe, nudge. well, all I know now is I'm deep and I have no idea what I did. <laughs> well, you will see and you will pat yourself on the back because I did. You just carry that around in your back pocket for a while, Ryan. <laughs> just, well, you'll have to do that every dream, every this and that. You're just going to have to go, hmm. And some things you'll notice and some things you won't. And it's even better when you notice them. But everything is relevant in this story. I will say everything, mostly. <laughs> Great. Except for the things that aren't. I'm trying to think that aren't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. All right. So, want to do final thoughts on these chapters? So, is everyone still encouraged to read now that they kind of know what this story is going to be about? Now, I see. I'm, I'm very interested in, in. I'm very interested in, in reading it to see where it goes because once again, I'm. Um, I'm, you know, I'm enjoying it. I'm still not a hundred percent convinced that I can visualize it actually happening. So I'm interested in seeing how Aspen can take it in a direction where ultimately it will, it will, you know, com- I'll be able to completely, uh, accept it if you know what I mean. So I'm interested yeah. in it very much. And, uh, and, you know, from those of you who have read it, obviously you, you seem to think it was, it's very <laughs> much worth reading and I trust you guys implicitly. So, uh, I'm going to. to oh, Phil, that's ahead. so sad. <laughs> hey, you guys got me away from after the end. That's that's you know. That's, that's well, we <laughs> finished it first. Like we. Read <laughs> I still want a book like you have. I'll get you one. For those of you oh. who don't know what she's talking about, Phil has a bound edition of After the End. So. Yes, wow, I'm jealous. <laughs> that's and that sucker is huge. I'm telling you, it's a great big book. Well, it would have to be. Phil goes through customs. Please take off your shoes and give me the copy of After the End. That's what I, I really had to need do. to read the rest of that. Oh, yeah. You should get into that. Kim, what page Did you bring- you- Kim, you were on third paragraph, right? Oh, yeah. Well, somewhere <laughs> around there. Okay. Yeah, there there's, a, there's a little bit more to go. Book. Yeah. It's, just it's really good. It's really worth reading. Yeah, there's a couple chapters more to it. I keep forgetting to. You have to remind me. Go read it after <laughs> you're done recording. You'll love it, honestly. I'm so tired, I'll fall asleep on it. No problem. You won't be able to stop reading tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, um, I personally just want to say I am encouraged to still go, and I want to just dispute one thing Jen just said. I actually, I know that, you know, the ceremony comes into it. I know Harry's, you know, the aftermath of his torture comes into it, but I still don't really have a huge sense of where the plot is going. So I'm actually very interested to read the chapters uh, yeah. for the next episode. So I, I, yeah. I am looking forward to going on. Well, I will say the plot comes and goes. I mean, the plot, obviously there's plot and things happen after another, after another, after. But the story is about these two guys building a relationship now. I mean, you know, that's what I meant. That's what the story is about. 
Right. There's no okay. big central event. It's I mean, except building that a life we, together. Just, we just read the big central event. Right. Now that that's Sam, over, Sam, we can get down to the nitty gritty. Yes. Now we've got to deal with after. Right. Well, there, there's, there, there'll be a final battle, I'm sure, at some point, and I'm sure there'll be more. Without giving too much away, is it, you know, that was eventually the only real structured plot we're going to have, and then everything we read from this point forward is just going to be reaction to this one night, or they'll oh, be continued? Oh, no. No, yeah, not yeah. at all. Yeah, so there'll oh. still be more. Okay. And there's ships. A, well, the third story hasn't even been written yet. I'm still curious about ships, so if somebody could PM me as to there what is that no direction ships. is going. There's, yeah. There is no ships in the story. I heard a, a rumor in the Gryffindor common room, that's why I'm... Which well, you're going to talk sure. about after that. We'll talk about No, no, no. This is important. That's what I mean. This PM me. This is not a ship story. This is a family story. Except for chapter 25. What happened in 25? Who was the ship in 25? No, I just meant needles in eyeballs. That wasn't a family story then. (laughs) Well, it's not not (laughs) family either. It's not really family or either. This does not turn into a slash fic or a romantic. I mean, there's no. No, I didn't think that. I think she was saying that wasn't family friendly. Oh, fam- well, it's a story. It's dramatic. It's <laughs> angst. I mean, to me, that's the kind of stuff, like, once you read this kind of stuff, I, I look for more, uh, it, kind of, it sounds bad when you say I look for really tortury, angsty fix so that I can have the her- characters heal themselves, but kind of basically, <laughs> it's hard no, to, no. Uh, no, I it's tr- Hey, Jen, I have a question for you. Yeah, sure. Which one of these did you read first? Did you read after the end, or did you read... Uh, you're like another first. I read After the End first. After okay. the End I was, sure. I think, my first fan fiction ever. Yeah. And this, this, I will say, I read this one probably a good two years into canon fan fiction. Okay. I mean, I'd read a lot of canon before I branched out. Wow. But I'm so glad I did because there's yeah, so yeah. much out there that's wonderful. I'm feeling yeah. that way too now. By this chapter, by after the end of this week's reading, I'm feeling like, wow, I'm glad I read this. Yeah, I can't. I'm so <laughs> Jen was so afraid to goes. do this. She was afraid we'd be on like minute two of the first podcast episode for a year like none other, and we'd all be like, yeah, we don't like it. We have nothing else to say. <laughs> this sucks. And then 13 more episodes of Jen, like, you know, I watched Rachel Ray today. She made a casserole, like, nothing to talk about. <laughs> The title of each podcast would be, what the hell was Jen thinking? No. Where's Jen's it brain? It was a fear. Like, a lot is writing on because I like it. And, oh, my God. I know, you know exactly what you're talking about. It's nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking. Oh, it is. It yes, is. You were I mean, really you... nervous about that, Jen, weren't you? I was becoming sick to my stomach about it. Literally. Really? Literally. Ryan wow. and I went up and down and up and down. I swear, didn't yeah. we? We had the fight. I remember the fight. We had a fight. The fight. Wow. <laughs> it was the dumbest <laughs> fight ever. It was like, <laughs> I think you're overreacting. You're completely right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, isn't it, okay, guys, let me just say that isn't it funny to try and picture Jen and Ryan having an argument? <laughs> like, no, we, were, we were in two that. I just have Two to point of the I, nicest people you will ever meet. Like, I just have that's to, like the battle of the teddy bears. Right no, there. I have to point Aww. out. I have to point out how vicious I can be. I have to point out how vicious I can be. It was not oh, vicious. No, I, I, no, I have to point out how vicious. Like, 
back. <laughs> this, this is how vicious I'm capable of being. Now, as we know, my fiance is a pastry chef. She's going to culinary school to be a pastry chef. Pastries are fattening. I am traveling to visit her. Yes, I'm traveling to visit her every two weeks. The best burger place I've ever eaten at in my life just opened right next to her apartment. I go there every two weeks. So over the past six months, I've gained like five pounds. Now, oh. at the same time, oh, Danielle, yeah, Danielle was at school and she and she had cut her arm on with a knife and she, it got a little infected and she had to get some medicine. So long story short, she got this this rash over where, where the cut was. So she had a rash in her arm and she had to get some, you know, cream for the rash or whatever. So we're walking down the street one day and she looks over at me and she rubs my stomach and she says, you you put on a few pounds there, huh? And I look back at her. I'm like, well, you look like a leper. Oh, oh my god. god. I can be vicious if I have to. Oh. <laughs> and then the ne- gonna work on that. <laughs> and the next day she looks over at me, she's like, You really don't look like you gained that much weight and I'm like, Your scars are all drying up, like it's everything's fine now. <laughs> She is one lucky lady. You guys obviously aren't married yet. We're obviously already married. What are you kidding? Well, they make up so quickly. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. I've been for weeks. Same here. After that, or go to bed without a pastry. My husband's always amazed at how long I can remember what he said. Like months later, we'll remember what he said. Yep, that's that's Uh us. And he's like, shut up! How can you remember that? Uh, keep it in the notebook. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> bring that up again, and I'm like, you bet. That'd be great if, like, you really had an awful memory and you had to write down every stupid thing you said in the notebook so you could remember. It's emotional blackmail. I have an awful memory. I can never remember anything Eli told me. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, he'll tell me, like, when he's coming home on leave, and I'll be like, when are you coming home again? Oh, no, honey. It's I not good things remember. you remember. <laughs> no, 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 no. You remember the things you can hold against them. Yeah, I'm like, the thing that pissed you off, stay with yeah. you. I've got so much stuff from the start of our relationship, you guys have no idea. <laughs> I, you want to get married. over it, but later you can't. <laughs> I haven't been married for almost 10 years, and my wife will still bring up stuff <laughs> from when we were first dating for four years before we got married. So that's because she's an expert. Well, that's because she is very, very good. We've been together for, I guess, six years now. And yeah, there's yeah. things. There are things. Jen, I just <laughs> have to never, say. Jen, you'll just never say, forget. Being you'll ma- always remember. That's I, just the way life is. I just have to say, Jen, being married to you, there must be so much stuff he gets on a daily basis. He can <laughs> Like you're you're a very interesting person. Like, stuff happens yeah. to you. It's like he has a big child at times. Honey, well, where's my shoes? I why are they in the fridge? I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Basically, I'm you should try living with me. It's very difficult. <laughs> so you, gonna, when you do something wrong, you have to hold on to it. <laughs> I admit I am the most absolute scatterbrain person you have ever met. Ever. Like Oh, Jen, and add Jen, clumsy think- on no 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 add clumsy on top of it. Jen, I think you're being a little hard on yourself, don't you? Think? No, no, <laughs> I am being nice. I know, I was kidding. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> harsh. All right, harsh. Jen, it's okay. It's okay. All right, maybe we should close out the podcast. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. James just got like he just I heard the car door. All right, well, that is amazing. 
we should do this now because I think Kim fell asleep already. So why don't we just? Uh, Hi, Kim. I'm snoring quite loudly now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everyone's coming back next week. I'm making you the new weather. So see you. All right, everybody. Time. Is everybody coming back? I will be here next week. I'll be back. Phil? Oh, yeah. Phil, Absolutely. you're coming yeah. back, Philly? I, I'm back for so. at least the next two weeks. I love how this. Jen and just then... came back from the dead and everyone's like, forget that. Phil's going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Phil makes me oh, God. have sunny days. There you go. <laughs> oh, you. Rob from Spellcast can't be here, so Jen will have a crush on Phil. All right. Uh, for next week. <laughs> yeah, where is Rob? Rob? I'm so That's sorry. Uh, next... That totally went out of control. No, Jen, I totally understand where you're coming from after I listened to Special Edition Number Four. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. <laughs> I mean, um, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> did you love it? You had a hard time you, about that. Did you love oh, it at the beginning said, of the episode? I Voice. No, she does. I love Jen. I love Jen in the beginning of the episode where she's like, "What's going on? Where's Rob? Like, I have him locked in a closet or something." (laughs) (laughs) She, don't you agree? Rob has a sexy voice. He has a really sexy voice. Yeah, and then he does. Okay, I was like, here's kind of how it is, right? You can listen to Ryan, and Ryan kind of has this like very kind of smooth modulation to where like you can almost fall asleep listening to him is very comforting. Okay, can and I just... Robert kind of has this like I don't know what it is. He's definitely got a sexy voice. I'm not it's gonna lie. Something. Hold on. Yeah, it's like so dark. <laughs> Hold it's on. Like the tall, yeah. dark and handsome boy. Wait a minute, Robert is yeah. cap Whoa, 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 wait. Robert is ca- <laughs> I, I wish I could hear like a bull <laughs> Rob is captivating. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and I'm PBS over here putting you all to sleep. Can I put in a vote for Alan Rickman's voice? Oh yeah, well, that's, that's what it was like. It was like the tall, dark, and handsome voice, like she said, and mysterious. Absolutely, absolutely. I totally agree with. And if my boyfriend ever hears this, I'm gonna get some trouble. Well, thank you for the support, gals. I needed it. No, you know, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent What'd you say, Phil? Ooh, Phil. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got lost in my, in my mental voice of Robert. Now I can't. I, like, we're all I didn't process what you said. Well, you did that movie voice. I'm, and I'm, I'm, curious, like, I'm just curious what, what effect my voice has on a group of ladies. Just just totally curious. <laughs> Phil, we're really? all swooning. Yeah, I can tell. I'll just... <laughs> Next week when I join in, I'll be like, hey, this is Phil. How you doing? How you doing? And you can actually hear Phil slicking his hair back somehow, even though there's no issue. The comb, like the fonts. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. I said, I was going to say, you can just smoke Phil jacket. walking into the podcast room and hitting the jukebox, you know? Hey. With his hips. The oh, podcast man. room and hitting the jukebox. He's the Fonz now, definitely. No, because I keep picturing Phil with the baby, and it makes me go aw rather than ooh. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that's the story of my life, right there. <laughs> story of my life. All right, can I just say I want, something? I want to go out with a guy who's exactly like you, but not you. <laughs> no, can I just I say something? No, I just have to say something. Rob is the one with the sexy voice. Phil is obviously Phil. I feel very close to Potterfic Weekly right now because I have to say this. Do you know how you you, you see like on po- on like websites and stuff? You see like the recommendations page, like hear what our listeners think, and you put the little quotes. I think this is the best you know podcast ever. Blah 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 blah. Now Julia from our forum, say Julia, love Julia. She Julia's awesome. She long time member of our forum. I love her to death. 
for special mm-hmm. edition number four um, on the forums, people were posting about, uh, you know, just their thoughts on the episode. And someone had, it was Adri Petty wrote that she's listened to the last episode like 12 times. Like it was the only thing she had on her iPod. She listened to it over and over. And Julia said the following, and this is, if I had to sum up Polarfic Weekly in one <laughs> sentence, this would be it. And I have to say, knowing that the sound of my voice puts women to sleep, I feel very close to Pyrofic Weekly right now. This is PFW or Pufwa in one sentence. Pufwa. Pufwa. In response, in response to Betty listening to the episode 12 times, Julia writes, the, the 12th time, I'm impressed. I've only listened to one episode twice, and the second time it was only to drown out the other people in the car so I could sleep. <laughs> I remember <laughs> Oh, Brian, I think you have a lovely voice. No, you don't. <laughs> yes, I do. It's just not... Ross. Oh, my you God. You don't have a moved voice. It just doesn't inspire lust in me. I don't know why. <laughs> All right, G, I have to say something. It doesn't inspire lust in me. I have never been more comfortable in your presence than when you just said that. Thank you. I was never going for that, so that works. <laughs> Could you imagine having a conversation with Jen and you realize she's attracted to you halfway through the sentence and you're like, uh, oh, uh, uh. How you doing, baby? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm ending this episode pen? right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Wait, wait. Maybe a leather bustier. What's that, you guys, you guys have to help me figure out what I'm going to order for dessert for myself uh, <laughs> from room service. Well, there are oh, options. For, for my birthday, it's... It's either, let's see, the white chocolate brownie, the mocha Kahlua cheesecake, or the blackberry apple crisp on puff pastry. What hotel are you in? Um, I have to go to cheesecake every time. Is it like a chain? Or is it a, chocolate. Was it a chain or is it like a... Is it like a... It's called the Sandman Sweets. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, that's what it's called. Phil, I, Phil, you realize now that like all of our you know Canadian listeners are going to swarm around the Sandman Suites of Vancouver. Yeah, I'm sure my my fan club will be coming out in droves. Don't look at look yeah, at that for the gen. Like you never just begging you. To I know. Talk. I can't leave my house anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They're waiting for me on the street. It was so easy for them to find Jen. Look for like the crash car into the tree and turn left. <laughs> no, they like put caution tape around the house. <laughs> all right, we're getting. Phil, Phil, I did promise you that I would sing you Happy Birthday. Yes, we all okay. have to. All right, I'll look yes. up the next week's episode. And this is how we're ending the episode. Okay, before we do it, wait, 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 wait. Life at Potterfic Weekly for the next week for everybody before we can sing Happy Birthday to Phil. What do I have to do? You have to sign up Life for the next week. Go. I'm doing. Well, I'm looking, hang on. I'm looking, I'm looking for the thing. I don't respond while <laughs> under pressure. Hold on. All right. <laughs> Did you want to send this? <laughs> All right. Next oh week's God. episode, everyone, we're covering chapters 30 through 38. I promise we won't be on pain medication then. And with that... Oh, don't promise for me. <laughs> all right. Most of us won't be on pain medication 30 through 38. And with that, happy birthday to Phil. Yes. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Phil. Happy birthday to you. And Thank you. I'm Thank so, you so much. I'm just so amused looking at the Skypes list that Tina and Meg didn't even try it. 
Yeah, I know. I posted a happy birthday note to Phil today, and I said, but this is in Chi's voice, not mine, so. <laughs> I'm going to go to Marilyn Monroe. I, did, I was going to do that. I was going to be like, <laughs> but it's, it's okay because neither Ryan or I inspire lust in you. So no, it's okay. <laughs> if we were the only two men in the world, the world would be barren in 50 years. Honestly, we have to do bullets for this one. It's too bad not to. All right, do you guys want to say goodnight or did we just do that with happy birthday? Let's go. Good night. Screw you, PG. Night. Bye. Bye. We had like a candlelight vigil for Jen the next day. She's like, hey, everybody, how are you? <laughs> Ryan, I heard the podcast I wasn't in. That was um, that was an interesting choice you made. Oh, that is not what made you th- Now, when did you think that was a good idea? I'm like, what? <laughs> no, I ain't lying. <laughs> I did not. He's totally lying. Like, well, I was but like, he is. He is lying. I, just, I didn't do that. Can I just say I love I love the fact too that I knew Jen would come back from dying, and the first thing she would do is apologize. Oh, hang on, I have to hang up on Tina because she can't hear us singing. Hang up on Tina. <laughs> That's kind. You can't hear us. Bye. <laughs> Every time I do it, you make the same joke about it. I know. And every time I laugh hysterically at my own joke. Are we talking about the vote I didn't get? Yeah. Are we talking about yes, that Yes, you don't. You didn't get a vote. <laughs> I love how Jen's like the person who like doesn't get invited to a party and her first reaction is, you obviously lost my invitation. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know. She's ringing. She's ringing. Tina! Tina! Nothing. Oh my god, somebody left me a voicemail and I have no idea who that is. Oh, it's my credit card company. How do you make them stop calling me? You pay the bill. Shut up. Right. That's why nobody likes you, right? What? Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Phil, it's not our own podcast. She's on medication, give her a break. I like you, Ryan. I'm so behind. What is the restricted section? It's that the, is a simple It should be on. Hang on. Do you have access, Meg? It should be under um, the rumor requirement. requirement. No. Have, all right. Let's give I you access. I don't. Yeah, we'll take care of that. There's a Ryan. seduction test there. I need to be there. <laughs> yes. It's the one. It's the one. It's the one that we. Yeah. It's the one we took in the um, in the one with Rob from Spell. What, what episode was that? Special edition three, I want to say. Okay, hang on. Oh my god, you remember that? Yeah, I'm such a dork. It was the uh, intro to fan fiction. Yeah, that one. Uh, Okay, you now have access to the restricted section. Tina, I love the way you talk. Seriously. I used to have power to do that. You you still have the power to do that, don't you? No, I don't. I took away your power? Yeah, you took away her power. It is 6.53. You cast her away from Mount Olympus. When did I am. And now she's back completely. in power. When did I... Oh, oh. There you go, Jen. <laughs> All right. I was waiting for that. Jen is now officially Evelyn... Jen is now officially Evelyn Murphy, which is the the joke I put in the Perfect Weakling Constitution that no one's gotten yet. I don't know. I have no idea what that like means. the shady I'm corner of Potterfic Weekly. <laughs> Tina, you know what that means, I right? I invented it. <laughs> it's like I'm the first word I see is like smut. <laughs> There's smut here. Yeah. Oh. Now we actually guys, guess what?
Legend. <laughs> I saw a commercial today. And it was a tire commercial. And it was the Midas Touch tire. <laughs> and I said, great. My love seduction is like a freaking tire. <laughs> you should tell James that and see what his response is. This is I the earliest funny. anyone has ever named one of our episodes. This is going to be episode 25, Jen seduces like tires. <laughs> No, I think you know. Jen's like, life was so much better when I was unconscious. Yeah, I'm sick. I'm feeling kind of sick. Bye. Oh, that was... Okay, too soon. (laughs) (laughs) She's ringing, ringing. Hello. Hola. I got it. You know, when she picks up, we should all, like, on the count of three, just be like, hi. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> or is that good night? Bonjour. Surprise. Uh, oh, come on, guys. Kim? No, you all fail miserably. Kim? I passed. I screamed like a maniac. Wait, what? I didn't know she got on. Are you there? Oh, Kim? She, I can see her blue box illuminating, but Kim. I can Hear her. Kim! Resist temptation to make joke. Oh, Phil. <laughs> Phil, we've missed you so much. <laughs> and I just want to thank Phil for being here, also being in the estrogen rainforest right now. Alright, we're hanging up on Kim and calling her back. Hold on, Jen, do you have any objections to my hanging up on Kim and calling her back? <laughs> I was on mute. No. <laughs> Jen, I've missed you so much. Alright, I'm going to do it here. Calling. Oh, I've come to the con- Oh, this is, this is she like said the best thing up on me as you hung up on her. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, he hung up on me with a sad face. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, seriously, this is like Hello? the best party ever. Hi! Kim. You can hear me now? Kim. Yay! Hi. Hi! I'm sorry I held everyone up. That's all right. That's okay. Ryan, sorry he hung up on you. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not. It's an accident. Kim wants to like ruin my wedding. I don't care. <laughs> okay, what? seriously, just make it more fun. Listen to the last episode, Jen. I'm halfway. All right, it's near the end. Okay. Seriously, though. I have to say, this is like the best Potterfic weekly party ever, and I feel like I should be making margaritas and passing them out and getting out the salsa. She's <laughs> high in case anyone hasn't noticed already. I love you guys. I am not high. That's ridiculous. You cannot get high off of NyQuil. Yes, Just you can. High, you can. High off a NyQuil? Yes. Oh my god. That's the nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, how the hell did I end up on my kitchen floor medicine? <laughs> Our one-liner. No, it's not. It's Jen dates like tires. No, it's not. No, no. I think we should overrule you. I think the, the how can't. the hell do I end up on the kitchen floor medicine is a much better episode title. You know what? I, I'm Here. pretty sure we're, I'm pretty sure we'll come up with something to top it. It's my birthday. Oh, you gotta do what I want. Yes, we do. Happy birthday. Oh, sorry. I just have to bump in for a second. My daughter Samantha just poked her head in, and she wanted me to tell you that she hopes that you feel better. Oh, I thank you very much and tell her that I do. I feel very much more myself today and less slingy. Good, good. I'll let her know. Yes, thank Jen, you. while we're at it, Jen, my office says get well soon and my mother says hi. Oh. <laughs> hi. <laughs> my mom said get well too, Jen. 
Really? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank her, too. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry, I'm don't make I'm blush right now. And Jen, I'm about to add the Secretary General of the United Nations to the call, and he just has a special thing. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, who's that? <laughs> how, what, how, who's winning? I'm not telling you that. Do I have a vote? Yes, Jen, you have a vote. And oh, we may. Go over there and vote for Shoebox Project. Go, Jen, Jen, go. Shoebox, Shoebox. Shoebox, Shoebox, Shoebox. Not that Jen and I have a favorite for this. Don't be trying to influence people. Is there a new vote? There is, but unfortunately, Tina, you can't vote anymore because Jen came back. She's back back? But she's back back. She's back back back, yeah. I'd rather Jen be back back. Yes. Well, now I feel terrible. <laughs> yeah, we, could, we could tell by the enthusiasm in your voice how happy you were that Jen was back. <laughs> like, oh, good. She's back. I think oh, Tina Jen, Jen will lose it. Go over there and vote. Tina, I have the power. Oh, you should know. What you have to do is get him drunk for first and then tell him to vote. Oh, did, sh- hand out the night. Oh, did, it, show you that, did it show you that you were losing? Yeah. Am Seriously. Ooh, taking away that feature. I can vote. Where do I vote? Wait, oh, there's the man of the Gee, you can really see that? Yes, I can really see that. I'm the moderator. <laughs> oh, because you're the mod. Okay. Ha, ha, Where ha. do I vote? All right, Jen, go to... Uh, I love how Jen's the deputy headmistress of the forums and meets on map. <laughs> Where do I vote? Go to the wise and gamut. Oh, there you are, my pretty. Let's take a quick bet before the podcast goes. How how many minutes from now before Jen starts crying about these chapters? Ten. Oh. I don't know. I give it at least two hours. We have to warm her up. All right. Kim, you here? 17 was my guess. 17, 17 minutes? Okay. Oh, y'all, this is not... We're not doing this. Tina, how long until Jen starts crying? <laughs> I don't know. I think she's seeing it as a challenge now. Right. Um, I'm going to give it 25. Uh, Phil? Oh, thanks. Thanks, dear. Isn't she crying now? <laughs> Meg? Yeah, um... <laughs> I win. Meg's like drunk on the floor. <laughs> Meg, when will Jen start crying? Sorry. No, I'm not. It's like two glasses of Ryan, wine. Ryan, just remember. What's that, Jen? I have power now. You're going to go down. I, t- <laughs> I took away your ability to do scary things. Remember the time you made everyone talk like Darmok from the next generation? <laughs> just you wait. All right. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm starting the freaking podcast. All right. Let's do it. All right. Start the freaking podcast. All right. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. All right. Okay. And welcome back to part... Uh, I'm sorry. And welcome... Leave me alone! Right. Everybody mute for a second. <laughs> if everybody wants to know why it takes so long to edit Potter Pick Me Lee, this is why. All right. And welcome... Oh, crap. Let me fix it. And <laughs> welcome back... Mute. <laughs> Don't everybody mute it. I'm going to be the guy talking to myself. It's your show, buddy. Uh, I wish it were. All right. <laughs> Sir. We can all leave, Ryan. All right. I'm sorry. The hog guy started out. Stein. Stifle. All right. I, I, I just want to chime in real fast. I think what struck me most about that scene on why, you know, why use muggle torture instead of the magical torture? From a storytelling standpoint, it's very easy. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I actually just. My mother just flew into Florida and she's calling my cell phone. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back with my brilliant comment. Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh, he is so much trouble this. He is so much trouble with this. Turn your cell phones off, guys. No, I am. 
He's like the exactly. guy who invites you over to his house and then has to leave. He's Colonel Brandon. <laughs> it sounded so interesting, and then he like broke off and left. I know. I was really getting into that. Meg, you still there? Oh Where no, we lost Meg. Meg. <laughs> Did we lose her? Well, she still fell asleep. Well, first, let's check our messages to make sure Meg then sends us a message saying I'll be right back. Sorry, it was <laughs> muted. <laughs> oh, no. How long were you talking for? <laughs> like 10 minutes. Are you singing, too? No. I think I sing. Hey, Wait, what's your our, time zone? We do our Jen. Go, Southern. Um, what's Eastern. your time where's, zone? Where's Central? I'm Eastern. I'm Central. Phil, where are you? I'm Central. I'm Pacific, actually. I'm just above Seattle. Okay. Yeah, like he's up there. I don't even know. Okay, well, I'm he's central. not like in like a, like on <laughs> Mars, Jen. He's just slightly north of. Oh, my time zone ends in like uh, Montana. I don't yeah. even know what the Canadas use. The Canadas. These crazy <laughs> Canadian <laughs> hours. The Canadas. Phil is in South Canada. <laughs> oh, the day here is seventy-three hours long, and uh... <laughs> oh my god! I apologize. They, they, they have less gravity for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> If you've heard anything in this episode that you would like to comment on or would like to contribute to the show, you can email any of our staff at their names at potherfickweekly.com or you can email staff at potherfickweekly.com. If you would like to send in a voicemail message, you can either call 781-352-0643 and you can leave a voicemail up to two minutes in length or you can email us an audio file to our email address and we can play that on the show. You can also download a program called the Gizmo Project and you can uh, contact us that way through your computer. For more information, visit potherfickweekly.com.